Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese and France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john i still want to make a dick joke about the measuring success thing but i did that already so i won't i'm jd <laughs> i'm back uh, we here you at Superhero your... Speak are completely professional. When? Right. <laughs> when, when, when did that What's start? The point of that. It starts right about after I get halfway your, through this. <laughs> as you're drinking on the air. Come on, man. That's very Who, professional of you. You don't know what this is. That could be apple this juice. Is, this is clearly a Coke. I don't know what you got in your, in your glass. This is clearly it's water. Clear. It's clear water, actually. Unlike yeah. that colored water you get from, like, fracking places. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Or, or from Ohio right now. Anything from Ohio, really. Ohio. Yeah. Will. Actually, the water there probably glows. That's how they like it, damn it. No offense to our fans in Ohio. All the offense to our <laughs> no. fans in Ohio. But, but it's, it. Not, it, it's not offense to them. It's offense to the train company that allowed this to happen. Well, that is true, too. That's how they like it over there. Yeah, it's all true. Right, well, they're all about it. They want the DeWine, DeWine let it let it go. <laughs> Natural disasters aside, how's everyone doing this week? John? John, did you did you survive Valentine's Day? How are you doing? What are you talking about? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't you, exist you, in your world. What? <laughs> you, you said something, but I didn't quite pick out the words. Something something. VD Day. I, I. That's a complete. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Terry's got well, great experience with that. Yeah, let's continue. Yeah. Let, 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 me, let me let me put it to you this way. This morning I got up and I said, "Well, I've got." I've got my appointment with my accountant. I need to do my bills and I need to, to get my taxes together. So I got myself together. I took a shower. I got, you know, I, I got some caffeine, you know, I was all rested and ready. And, and then, you know, I'm pouring my cup of, my cup of tea and, and I didn't like where the, the cup was. So I spent the next four hours rearranging the kitchen. Attention deficit di- disorder affects, you know, billions of people. And uh, it's, it's no joke. Let me tell you. All right, then. So, yeah, that was I mean, that's been my week. I, I just I've been so destroyed by by work that, uh, you know, cor- climbing that corporate ladder like crazy this week. And uh, yeah, so I can't remember my own name half the time, which is, you know, better than, than most of the time when I can't remember it at all. But, uh. <laughs> it's mud, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or hey, you idiot or, uh, you know, yeah. any number of things. But uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, nothing else to report. How you doing, JD? 
not bad. State tournament just got back from it today. So oh, I yeah. saw picks. Yeah, got a was down from last year. Last year we were you know one of the best teams in the country and mm. had a great tournament. This year we're rebuilding and yeah, we had we had a state we had four qualifiers and a place winner and it was it was what it was. I got to take my son out there for the first time though because mommy had surgery on Monday. She had just her her sinuses. She had like a thing done to clear out because her sin she's been sick on and off for about six months. Mm. So uh, they recommended her getting her like sinuses like literally like scraped out basically. Wow. Yeah. Good times. So my I took brother had that done. Yeah. Yeah. She it's so far so good though, but she's doing better. So I took the kid with me down to the University of Illinois in Champaign Urbana, and he had a good time. You know, so it was it was a lot of fun. So, then we went so, saw then we went and saw a movie today. So what yeah. I'm hearing from that is you didn't do anything special for Valentine's Day with the wife. No, I was I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was not in town. It was our. It was actually our 25th anniversary as a couple. We wow. started dating on Valentine's Day because we were teenagers at the time. So that was lame and corny. We traded it up for a better holiday. You know, when we got married. Pressure on the relationship, though, starting off on Valentine's Day. You'd think so, but no. When either one of us are super sentimentalists, so yeah. we're like, oh, hey, Valentine's Day, have Valentine's Day. Hey, <laughs> we're still together. Isn't that cool? I gotta go. You know. <laughs> No, no, nothing. Like I said, neither one of us are real sentimental when it comes to things. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, yeah, we're not like, like she's not, she's not real big on those kind of things. You know, yeah. like we don't do a lot of gift stuff mainly because we're poor. Now we just give the kid things. So it's more about that. Who's echoing? I'm hearing me. I don't hear it. I hear you too, but only one of you. Wait, hold on. I can fix that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Now you see six of us and only hear one. Um, so yeah, that was my weekend. Yeah, nothing, nothing special for Valentine's Day. State tournament week. That's what's important. Exactly. Dave. I assume, I, oh yes, she gets it. Dave, I assume you did something for Valentine's Day. Yeah, we went to Karen and I went to dinner and then exchanged gifts. She got me a great shirt. I was going to wear it tonight, but it's in the wash. Um, it says "Best David Ever" on it. So okay, because so I am. Yes. Does she mean on the block? What's well, you and who's the other one? Duke. I can definitely better than David Duke, so I'll give you that. <laughs> it's, oh, that's the first one that popped in my head. That would have been funny. I, got, I don't got any more. So. so it's our it was our second Valentine's Day together. So that was nice. And then, but of course, it's a Tuesday, right? Like both have to yeah, get who, up for work the next day. Who can go out on a Tuesday night? Right. It's like, freaking Tuesday. We yeah. went to dinner. We we exchanged gifts, hung out for a little bit, and then both went home and went to bed. So yeah. But this weekend, we we both finally finished watching Wednesday on Netflix. That's such a, that's such a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, we finally finished Wednesday. That sounds like a work joke. Yeah, I finished Wednesday on a Thursday. So <laughs> I, I I thought it was really good. It did keep you guessing until the end, except by the time you got to the last episode, it then became obvious, like who the monster was and. And what was really going on. Well, so. that's because she basically worked her way through everybody. Exactly. You know? There was no one so, left by the time you get to the end. So yeah. not exactly the brain surgeon we were hoping for, but, you know, she well, does. We enjoyed it, and I definitely set it up for a season two, so. Oh, it's still enjoyable, yeah. Yeah, Very definitely. Enjoyable. Who knows if we'll get a season two. It is Netflix. The story is for canceling shows. So, but yeah, that's about it. And then we went and saw a movie today that we'll be talking about in a little bit but yeah that was that was my weekend yeah this should be interesting moving on let's talk about a little social media madness guys so we're gonna start off easy 
you know, now that we are a YouTube show, we're going to be doing this live. After the show airs, everyone, you know that you can go back. If you if you missed the live cast and you're watching this, the rebroadcast, you know, on, on YouTube, then make sure that you, you know, you click that like and that subscribe button. Oh, and, uh, we're getting fancy. <laughs> and like, then, uh, yes. You don't have to leave a comment. That's optional. Well, it helps with the algorithm. It, it does help with the algorithm, but then we have to yeah. read them, and then that does not help with my day. <laughs> so first off, we had our good friend Joey from the So Wizard podcast said, love seeing two of my favorite pods come together. So, of course, last week, Randy filled in for JD from Cult 45, and that was a lot of fun. That's what I said. I said it was the episode was a lot of fun. Randy replied, I also will have to agree that this was really a lot of fun. And then Screen and Nerd said... So true on Supergirl and The Flash. And comic book nostalgia said a long road, meaning to the end of the Berlantiverse or the Arrowverse, whatever you want to call it. So did you did you end up watching the episode last week? JD? I, I haven't watched anything. I'm the only thing I've no, no, seen no. in the last week. No, are, did, you, did you listen to the show? I did not. I was at the state tournament all week. Uh, I, didn't do, I didn't do anything. All I did was coach. I haven't uh, watched a TV show. I haven't read a book. Like, I'm lucky I got to see this movie today. <laughs> wow. We're lucky, too. So. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Uh-oh. We, we, we'll talk about this. Continue. Oh, fine. <laughs> all right, then. Moving on. That's all the comments on the video. So, again, if you're watching, please don't forget to comment and like and please subscribe. Yes. Moving on. We had talked, uh, we talked not that long ago about Bubba Hotep. We did. It's yes. still on my list to see. Yes. Our good friend 8-Bit Ray would like us to do the movie on this show with him. So we'll be doing that. And we had Miss Peaches say, so which one of y'all ain't seen Bubba Hotep yet? Because I'm waiting. I know it ain't 8-Bit Ray. You know what? It, it, if, if, like, I haven't seen it, this would be a perfect time to try and do a, was it a, a first viewing, right? Oh, or thank or a, I thought you were going to say a coffee enema. Oh, well, or, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, a reaction video. Like we do, like, you know, a lot of people do reaction videos. They do. And I they haven't get, seen it. They get views. We, how does one, hey, Ulysses is on. I watched Spy Ulysses. Kids 3 over Ant-Man 3. We will discuss this Wow. Later. Howdy, dorks. Oh, okay. It's me, your comic book reviewer in residence. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? We were just talking about something, and Dave starts throwing the comments Bubba at me. Hotel. And I, Bubba Hotel, sorry, I also have reaction the ADD. videos. I also have the ADD. I'm like, ooh, pretty bird. <laughs> at least you're not cleaning the kitchen right now. Thank God. <laughs> so I haven't seen it in years. Like, how okay? How does a reaction video go, and how is it any different than what we're doing now? We watch it, and we 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 record while we're watching, it. like we like we did with Snyderverse with the, oh. with the Snyder the, the Snyder cut, and, yeah, but but but, but, but said, in a better way where we don't get copyright struck immediately i know jd olivia <laughs> oliva has, oliva sorry ha, ha, ha. has it has it's the Whatever, old guys old that need to get hip and jiggy with it oh my that's God. right ray yeah you old <laughs> bucks olivier jd olivier oliva uh, oliva yeah, there's no <laughs> italian for olive oh so we'll just call you olive from now on whatever jd is fine too uh, now I want Olive Garden. Oh, <laughs> said no one ever. Speaking of Chris, 
did put a review up on the website this week. It's Icon versus Hardware from DC Comics. And Denny's Cohen, who is one of the artists on the book, Dennis. retweeted us and said, 9 out of 10 capes. We'll take it. Yes, it's a great mm-hmm. review. So if you have <coughs> not gone to SuperheroSpeak.com and read that review yet, go check it out and you're going to pick up the book, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So shout out to Chris. So want to hear a funny story? I loaded yeah. up my iPad full of DC's Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths event. I was getting ready to, to read it over the weekend. But the fact that I thought I was going to have time to read when I had my <laughs> six-year-old with me is hilarious in retrospect. But my wife cleaned up and put my iPad somewhere, and nobody knows where she put it. Oh. So I got, like, a bunch of books ready to go on my iPad, but I don't know where my iPad is. Don't Can't you use Find My iPad or whatever? Like, they have that. Yeah, don't they have, I don't have that? I don't think I have. I'm sure they do, but it's a 2016 iPad, and... I never turned that function on and don't know how to find it. I don't know how to use, I don't know how to find, find my iPad, basically, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, I got a new phone, too. My phone, before I left for the tournament, started randomly FaceTiming people and the screen didn't work. So if you got a random FaceTime for me this week, sorry. So I got the new iPhone 14. Huh. Ah, so you're one of those. <laughs> iPhone people? Does that surprise yeah. you in the slightest that I'm an iPhone person? No, no, yes. not at all. Come on. Pretty <laughs> I've been... Ulysses, Ulysses has been reading Batman Beyond with White Knight. Beyond the White Knight, and that's that's Knight, Joker. Sorry. That's Joker as Batman, correct? Yeah. I never read. I never read that. Hi, Astro. Do you want to say hi? Hello. Yes, I love you too. So, so you missed this last week too in social media madness. So we talked not that long ago about what's his face from the first Blade movie. What's his face? No, the guy who played Frost. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Brad Dorf. No, Stephen yeah, Dorf. Stephen Dorf. Yeah, it came out and like basically bashed that Marvel's making a remake. It's funny because the comments that we keep getting on this is the fandom is actually seems to be split down the middle. So yes, who's at yes Cyf no, yes CHF said who's gonna play Blade? Hard to think of anyone as good as Snipes for it. Marashala um, Ali. We we discussed yeah. this like two years ago. We already know. I thought this was Blade. yeah, I thought this was like common <laughs> knowledge. Joan Wolf said I'm not going to go that far, but I do think Blade is one of the best Marvel films to be made. It has some big shoes to fill, and I don't know if it can fill those shoes. I don't See, know the, about that. Yeah, the the thing with the with Blade is that it was a creature of of its time. Yes, like so. o- overly cool dialogue with that that was just you know that was just there for being dialogue. Like oh, everything was aligned. To it's like have you know. What's the catch lines that they can use in right. scripts and commercials and stuff? Catchphrases, right? So, and 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 Wesley Snipes was a creature that inhabited that point in time. Right. Like, you know so, I don't think that you know the, the blade that they'll have now is not going to be the same as that blade, and that's okay. And nor and should it. The young, right? And the younger generation will go along with it. It's people like us. Well, not people like even I'm not that hooked on it. It you know. It, that movie's still going to be around, even if I don't like New Blade. But the the thing is that it's time for a New Blade where it's more low key, you know, cool in a more subtle way than you want low key in the Blade and, movie. Now that would be awesome too. So do you know how I know Blade was a movie of its time? Mm. Blood orgy set to techno music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At a rave, blood orgy rave set to techno music. Pretty much. Yeah. Wasn't Dwarf in True Detective Season 3 with Marash Ali? Possibly. I never saw True Detective Season 3. They lost me in this episode 3 of True Detective Season 2 because it just wasn't 
cosmic horror, basically, which is what True Detective season one was. So I didn't see it. Hmm. Ulysses says issue eight, the finale left a big hangover, left a big cliffhanger, and leads up to the next sequel. I don't know what he's talking about. What are we? What's that? What's he talking about? I think he's talking about the the White Knight. Oh, the White Knight. I forgot. Sorry, ADD. I keep telling you guys. Yeah. I don't know what's going on from one day to the next. I don't know. Blade's awesome, but I mean, I, I don't think it's remakeable. You know? Right. I mean, we're gonna see we're gonna see Michael Keaton return as Batman after thirty years. So, right. Did what matters anymore? <clears throat> Handsome Dan Lopez said, "Outburst." That's a name. <laughs> Outburst that... is a little stiff. It's just an opinion. I personally think it's mostly garbage too. Well. Dan, who am I to argue with handsome Dan? If hmm. you if you saw the quote, it was more than just an opinion. He had a lot of salty language. It's Stephen Dorff who cares. You know, ultimately, it's a guy who doesn't work a whole lot. You know, am I wrong? And, and, Stephen Dorff had a long running series that I don't all right, know. Peter about. Jones says we're right, but what are we right on? Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything being told you're right. It's I mean, just well, a, Ulysses, I mean, you've gone too far. All right, yes, Ulysses, our yeah, guy no, Ulysses, no, no. Ulysses. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Daredevil I mean, 2003 bad. is... The, no, it's bad. Is the best Marvel movie that even even Stephen Norrington, who directed the first Daredevil, says, yeah, I, just this week, he went, yeah, I, I definitely went too far. I tried to do too much. Yeah. Understatement of the last century, actually. Mm-hmm. Definitely yes. remakeable. Blade, yeah, yeah, definitely remakeable, Blade. It's not... There's more you can do with the character. Oh, bring me to life. Yeah, yeah. Evanescence. Wake me up inside yes. is the... The hit track from the original Daredevil movie. I got to be mm. honest, that was a jam, and it holds up pretty good. <laughs> the I song, use that yes, a, but yeah, the song's great. I use that in a wrestling the highlight video. And all of Evan Hastings' stuff is good. You know? Yeah, they were good. Like they were actually mm-hmm. like the new metal era. That's like that's like prime new metal era. Most of that stuff yeah. is shit, but like they actually aged pretty good. Like you can go back and listen to some of Evanescence and. I don't know if it's, I forget what her Amy, can't remember the name of Evanescence's singer. I think it was Amy something. But her stuff actually, I think it's her voice and like the, the it actually ages pretty good. You looking it up, John? What's, what's, what's the singer from Evanescence's name? I want to say well, Amy think, Grant, but I don't think that's correct. No. Amy Grant, no. no she, 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 Amy Grant moved on to Christian Rock. So, yes, so I'm well. Uh, Ter- Ter- Terry Balsamo? Amy Lee. Amy Lee. I knew Amy that. Amy Lee, yeah. yeah. And not she could, man, she had pipes. She did. She not has pipes. Confused, not to be confused with Getty Lee, who also has pipes and apparently looks like Dave, as we've been told. <laughs> Are you watching, Don? <laughs> I, I miss Amy Grant's earlier work. She 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 went way Christian hard right. I I did not apparently because I got her confused with the singer from Evanescence. So clearly, yeah, I don't no, know they work. they are not. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, we have our weekly rant from Kassan. Oh, Warren. weekly? These are good. So oh, he does. He starts off, wait, they're good. John, John oh, he, he starts off with, I agree with John. Oh. Well, obviously, obviously this man is intelligent and handsome <laughs> and knows what he's talking okay. about. I hate plot contrivances <laughs> that force tension to cover plot holes as well. Writers in Hollywood <laughs> have become lazy where the studios behind the writers have lost a competent leadership presence. I don't agree that superheroes can only rely on superhero drama to carry a story. You can have so many villains or situations for a hero to overcome before it becomes redundant. I agree with that. Heroes need interpersonal conflict. They need to be brought down to humanity's level for the audience to be reminded that their vulnerability 
of their vulnerability. Sorry. Everyone also hurts. for the audience to be able to relate to them. Everyone deals mm. with less loss. Mm. A hero doesn't make them immune. Right. I'm also against the plot armor and shifting, shifting power, power levels. levels often yeah. found in superhero media. One moment the hero can overcome villain A with their powers, but villain B shows up. Those powers used against villain A suddenly becomes can, feeble. Yeah. Power scaling and, and, and plot contrivance power, yeah, and that, power that levels does are just... a lot, especially on TV shows. Like, so. you, crack, you know Cracked, right? Have you, do you yeah. guys know? Right. They, they, used, they used to be a thing. Thanks. Amy Grant, right? They, they used to be a, a magazine, but they, they have a couple of YouTube, a YouTube channel right now. But they made fun of that, of the Flash TV show. Because it's like, you know, they would be at in the control center and, and Cisco would be like, okay, we've got a bank robbery and, and Flash would say, I've already taken care of it. And it's like, you know, it's like, but but no, wait, you know, like you have to wait until they try to shoot you. It's like, but I'm faster than them pulling the trigger. Why why are we doing this? Right. It's like, you know, That's, it's like the whole thing is why, why was why was anything like that, like even even Captain Cold, why was anybody a challenge for him? Because he could move faster than they could shoot a gun. That's the cool part about the okay. So this is why I prefer the Mark Wade run on the Flash more than the Jeff Johns run on the Flash. Mm-hmm. This comics I, again, I, I lost interest in the series in like season three, so I checked out a long time ago on the Flash TV show. But like, that's my dog is causing trouble behind us. You can see actually on the screen. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll handle him in a minute after I make my point. The Flash should be at is at its best doing high like concept sci fi stories. Less than, you know, and I like the rogues, don't get me wrong, but I think that it's at its best when it's dealing with a lot of stuff. I have to go take care of this, guys. I will return momentarily. Okay. Okay. But I see, I know I, we, we here at Superhero Speak, we, we revel in, in the minutiae and in normal life aspects. We bring those into the show. We do not hide this stuff. So anyway, yeah. And and yes, Ulysses, you're you're right. Like anime is a perfect anime has lots of examples of power power loving or power scaling issues, where you know you you can do one thing one day and the next day you can you can use the same kamehameha wave and suddenly it doesn't work for plot reason. But go ahead, JD, you were. Oh, I got nothing. I was trying to get my dog out of my closet before he. Oh yeah, but you were talking about something about that before. So. Oh, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about. I was talking about like Flash, why, why the Flash yeah. is difficult because he's a god level superhero, but he always like the Rogue stories were good because they affected like Barry and Wally specifically, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why those. That's why those work. But that's what made Mark Wade's run with Wally West really cool. It's because he was he was talking about the Speed Force and he was talking about why these things work and trying to get. Trying to get another a different level with the Flash stories, and I don't think there's ever been a better run on the Flash character than what Mark Wade did. God, thirty years ago now. I have to go wow. die. I'm old. Actually, I should read. I should read that if you're suggesting. Oh, I would, Oh, yeah, absolutely. From the if you're old, what are we? Ancient. Yeah, you, guys, yeah. you are the great old ones who sleep in Riley, waiting for the day when the Great Cthulhu will come and lay waste to us all. I'm what archaeologists dig up. See, Chris. Chris knows what I'm saying. He goes, Wally, Ron, Wally West greater than Barry Allen in the comics. Anyway, 100% yeah, all day, well, all night. Right. Well, Wally West, I mean, first off, his storylines were better. And second off, he's the one who generates the, the speed force anyway. Well, like, well I, and that was... in, con- in continuity at the time, they, they on that. But I mean, like, yeah, okay. Wally's stories, Wally's stories are, were better because, you know, Barry didn't have that level of writing. And then 
Jeff Johns, yeah. Jeff Johns, and try to bring that back. But I mean, yeah, those stories from the '90s when you had like Savitar and you know yeah. the revert the that version of the Reverse Flash, like that's good stuff, man. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend Mark Wade's run on the Flash. Do you watch Naruto, uh, John? Oh yeah, Naruto. Oh no, so, even no, I know how to pronounce Naruto. that. Yeah, Sorry. Naruto. It, like yeah. Oh, those are classic. Sorry. The, the power level. Yeah. See, but it's you know. The power scaling in Naruto and and Dragon Ball and oh yeah you want to you want to go Ichigo Ichigo would would just Bleach is just ridiculous like because it's it's just one of those things where the power levels are just completely plot driven you yeah. know the only one that handles that even mildly well is One Piece so, um, so anyway yeah so move the on final piece of social media madness was actually brought to my attention by JD. Uh, who, who is handling away. a dog emergency? Who's handling a dog emergency? We got a weird message on our Facebook page from Benjamin that basically uh-huh. said, "Send nudes." The the thing uh, funny about we timing, haven't released our we haven't released our OnlyFans yet. Sorry. So the thing that was funny getting, about that is I just walked back in the room. Are we getting naked? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> you said good timing. The, you I agreed to nothing, sir. You sent me the screenshot of the message. I sent you a screenshot of nothing. What are we doing? Send nudes in our inbox. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Some guy did request Dave to send him nudes. But the funny thing is, I saw that message as I'm on the phone with my daughter, and I'm laughing and tell her (laughs) about it. And she said, well, send him a picture of a bowl of noodles. Nudes. Apparently, that's something that women will do on the internet when guys ask for nudes. They'll send them a picture. So I sent him a picture of an Elba macaroni and asked him if he liked that. Uh, Did he respond? No, not to that. Because it would have been really funny if he like sent back a picture of him holding a giant cucumber or something like that. <laughs> that would have been epically hilarious, but he didn't. Man was a coward. Or, or some, some nude stockings, just two pairs because he, he wanted nudes. So just... You know, yeah. Can you believe we live play in a around world? with that? Can you believe we live in a world where grown men frequently will do this and send these things to women, send nudes? Unfortunately, and apparent, but here's the crazy part: someone has to say yes. It's like, it's like these like Nor- the yeah. I almost said Norwegian schemes. No, these Nigerian like fishing schemes uh-huh. where they're looking for money. Someone is giving this, or else it wouldn't happen but, so frequently. Nine yeah. nine 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 times out of a hundred, it won't. They won't take the bait. But there's always but that, that one, one that time. Will. So there's yeah. got to be like one person who some random goes send me your news, and they're like, okay, and they're doing it right. It's I how messed know. up is this planet? Very. How how messed up are human beings? Have you looked out the window lately? Mm. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, that that does it for social media madness this week. That does it all right. Yeah. So if you would like to be part of social media madness and follow us and be part of and and we'll talk about you next week and and maybe we'll send you some nudes. Here's our good friend D Square to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at Stars 
underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. I only say yeah. this because Don's our friend. Did you ever notice he takes like very Shatner-esque pauses <laughs> while delivering? I was going to say, we should have him like, do that and like have him down three he Red Bulls it. before he does it. Hey, it's done! What's the weird thing? Like, he always says that every time he's on the show. He's like, I got to redo that at some point. I never really... I really paid enough attention to it until after he said that. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of pregnant pauses in there, my man. Very, very. Oh. William Shatner. Check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast available on YouTube, where you're maybe watching us right now and wherever podcasts are available. And one more reminder, if you're watching us right now, <laughs> hit that Ooh. subscribe button. Smash that thing. And on that note... <laughs> Why do you make that sound dirty? Sorry. Quick commercial break. Because <laughs> I can do it with I'll anything. Be right back with the news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Spider Man would never say holy hand. Yeah. You know, you know, we could we could also mine YouTube for clips of of like electric company Spider Man or stuff like that. I sent Dave a commercial. Did you play it last week? The one I sent you with the GI Joe. Oh, uh, I forgot to download it. She downloaded that. That would be I good for, download the show. It for next week. Found one. It's good. Chris, <laughs> sorry, Don. I muted you. I've heard it too many times. I mentally <laughs> muted it a thousand times and never yeah. again. Same. I get it. I kind of feel like the news this week might be geared towards JD and John's taste. The finer things is possible. So last week we talked a lot about Flash's final season. I did watch the first episode. I haven't watched the second episode of the season yet. But JD. Your yeah. friend, John Wesley Ship and Teddy Sears, who's not your friend, Don't are returning <laughs> for the final season. He played Zoom. Sears I'm, played I'm Zoom. Aware. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, and of course, John Wesley Ship played Flash. Both. He's played the original Barry Allen. He's played Jay Garrick. And, and he's played Henry Allen in the first season of yes, Flash. Yes, he was he's the had father. Three different roles on that show. Yes, talking about multiverse. Mm, yes, who, he is the multiverse. Maybe one day, maybe one day, no. we'll do this podcast. Will no. not happen. He doesn't do anyone's mm. podcast. I don't know why. Like I've talked with him, and every time it comes up, he just refuses to even say no. Never. I don't know. I guess he doesn't like doing podcasts. Well, he doesn't say no. See, doesn't say anything. What? Exactly. He stops. What? He stops returning the messages. <laughs> what kind of bourbon does he want? I have no idea. Yeah, he's just not interested. I don't know. Urban and hookers. He's a he's a good guy, Stop. and I'm very I'm very happy. Uh, no comment. Um, he's a very good guy, and I'm glad that this show has brought new attention to him as an actor and given him yeah. new legs yeah. in his career. Which I will say started 14 years ago when he was in my movie because it makes me sound good. Huh. Yeah, she did start working again? at that point. It's called Grotesque. It's available on YouTube. He actually did start working again at that point. We were the first thing he did to get his feet back kind of into acting, which makes me very proud. Yes. And now you're doing this. And, and now I've fallen <laughs> I've fallen so far that I do superhero speak every Sunday night. Oh yeah. You're slum you definitely slumming slum, it. Slum. Slum. <laughs> I really love the flash trailer. It's gonna be the first comic book movie in twenty twenty three to make a billion dollars. 
Hot take. Hot that take. is a really hot take. Hold on. No, hold on a second. I think he's right. That trailer is absolutely fantastic. It it just might, considering how much Quantum Mania just made, you know? Me too. I also was my favorite thing about the fifth grade. Yeah. Was the Wait, we're the same you age. guys were both in the fifth grade in 1990? Yeah. Oh my God. I God, you're making old. us feel old. <laughs> I know. You guys are ancient. I'm old. You're ancient. You were the great old ones. Your, your names are etched in the Necronomicon. Not, not so great. <laughs> Speaking of Necronomicon during breakfast today, I don't know how this came up, but I was showing Andy clips of Army of Darkness on my phone. Oh, nice. It, and he thought, you know, of course, what six-year-old wasn't finding it funny to see the skeleton slapping old Bruce Campbell yeah. around like a Stooges routine. Wife is not happy with me, by the way, for that. Not Speaking happy of, at all. Because the kid narked me out immediately when we walked in the door. Speaking of the Flash, and we just the Flash slap movie, her you weren't <laughs> You weren't here last week. So <laughs> yeah. JD, you didn't talk about the trailer with us. No, I didn't actually. But I just want to mention that that was one of the trailers before Ant Man. And my girlfriend. Not for me. We did not get uh, that trailer. My girlfriend turned to me and went, Michael Keaton's back again. <laughs> I like how she does not keep up at all with nerd news. It's good for you to have that in your life. Yes. Just no, like she a clean has a perspective. break. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have like a, a normie perspective on these kind of things. Class Ulysses, the fifth grade, I was watching Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Codename, Kids oh, Next Door, Batman, oh, yeah. the Animated Series, and Justice League. So you're younger than us. Kids Next Door was really, was, was, I mean, they, that was quality writing back then. Even Ed, Ed, and Eddie had a really metaphysical bent to it at yeah. the end. It's just, I was in college, so I was kind of not, I did watch Justice League, though. So, no, oh, it's, yeah. so you know what we did have, though, because I took the family to see that. We had all these great trailers. We had a Mario trailer, a Pixar movie trailer, and then they had a trailer for Stephen King's The Boogeyman, a movie about a boogeyman really? creature that comes out and tries to kidnap little kids, which is great to have when you're sitting next to your six-year-old. Thank <laughs> you. Thank <laughs> you, Disney. That's a weird trailer to have on this Isn't movie. it? Isn't it? No. I, had, so I, I feel my, like oh, they I played the wrong trailer for my wife. Real. They might so, have. Nice. I mean, it was so – it stuck out. I was born in 1996. That's what year I started driving. God, I have to. You were die. born two years after my daughter. You were born 1996. Classy yeah, was. Classy Eddie. Oh. I was oh, born okay. in 1980. Oh, okay. Even that so, is so, kind of so like. Classy is two years younger than my daughter. I feel old. If shirts older than that, golly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then two questions for you, JD. Yeah. Are you excited for the Flash after? I I am. That actually quelled a lot of my fears. I. I get why they're 1979, baby. Okay, you got a, probably got a few months on me. So Chris, Chris was born in 79. Shakedown, 1979. Cool kids never had the time for the Corrigan smashing pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the pumpkins. I'm from Chicago. I think this movie looks great. Yeah. I kind of I kind of get why Warner's going. Ah, you know he's a megalomaniac, but the movie's really good. You know. But but no, well, you're forgetting they don't know what good looks like. They so, don't. So, but that no, they don't. Pretty, not that yet. looks pretty good. Did you guys it's not right. like the trailer all that much? No, it looks. No, we're we're mad that we liked it. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I am kind <laughs> so of we're, like we're back to the Snyderverse stuff. Yeah. We got mad that I, we didn't hate it as much as we thought we would. Except that we know, like with with Snyder, we know that if we were watching a trailer with Snyder and we really liked it, we know that that would have been the best part. I and, agree, and it's all downhill from there. But here's the thing, Andy Machete is a really good director. Like the it. <laughs> It is a great movie. It's yeah. a great movie. It's a great adaptation. Like, mm. and he looks like he's going to add okay. a Flashpoint completely different than the comic, which is what I would advise. I mean, yeah. it looks it looks good. It does. So, it does look good. I, I, yeah. Oh, also, aside from Classy making us old because 
they had a cell phone in middle school. When I was in middle school, if you had a pager, you were kicked out and treated like you were a potential drug dealer and had to be sent to like uh, <laughs> the home, like juvie, basically. Uh, also, alone are you phone. going to watch any of this season of The Flash since, you know, your friend is going to be back on? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't like point. it. Like, I mean, g- good job, John. Very proud of you. Happy. You. Gonna, <laughs> I want you to succeed and make a lot of money. I don't like the CW shows. They're not yeah. from. They're not for me. That's okay. They, mm-hmm. they, I, I haven't seen it since season three. I know Grant Gustin's a great Flash, but like you said, I mean, like, I got kind of bored with the the entire Arrow universe a long time ago. It's just, yeah. it's not what I want in superhero stuff. Actually, after this, I don't know what I want. See, he could he could be a good Flash. I mean, could. if you took him if you took him out of the CW writing yeah, part, I agree. and he he'd still play a great Flash. Yeah, I think that yeah. I think Candace Patton's a great Iris. Like, I think the show is well cast. I think that it's yeah. just not for me for regular the theater. theater yeah, Classy says not. that. Oh, we should not read these. We should actually read these. It's a YouTube show. Read depending yeah, on yeah. the theater, such as IMAX, Dolby, XD, you get a flash trailer. But the regular theater, then you won't get it. Well, I'm cheap, so I went to the regular theater. So I got the Boogeyman. Yeah, which is a great thing to show a six-year-old. <laughs> CW <laughs> equals teen melodrama. Yes. Correct. Yes, yes, Chris. We we talked about that last week. It yes. is teen melodrama. It's not for us, you know. So it's fine. Whatever. All right. You know what we need? We need a third Hellboy reboot. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Mike Mignola <laughs> likes making money. Yes. So so he has decided to do a, another Hellboy reboot. What is it? It's going to be based on the Crooked Man, which will be a smaller scale story than what we've gotten already with Hellboy. But which is fine because you get like you can also get too many oh end of the universe thing. You know, like why don't you just have him fight somebody? Ulysses says, "JD, watch anime, especially High School DxD and High School of the Dead." You know, every time I try to watch anime, I'm I find that I just don't I just don't click with it. Like I keep watching these like little documentaries on Gundam and <coughs> excuse oh. me, I tickle my throat, and I keep yeah. thinking, "Man, I really want to watch this." And I sit down to watch like Mobile Suit Gundam or Gundam Wing, and I'm one episode in, and I just I'm, I find myself playing on my phone. I just don't know. I don't know what it is. The barrier of entry for me is so. It's me. It's nothing. You're, you're starting. You're starting on the wrong ones. And High School of the Dead is not one I would start you particularly with. Like you know me pretty have, well. What, what would you start me with? I'd have to think. One note. It's not much of a commitment. You 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 mean One Piece and One Piece? Don't I'm even, sorry. One, don't one even note. No. But you're making a joke. I'm like, okay, where's Dave going with this? Uh, sorry, One Piece. Yeah. I mean, I want like I I think I would like this Gundam stuff. I hear about what it is about and the themes. I'm like, this is me. This is what I'm into. I watch one episode and I'm like, Cowboy Bebop. That's what I would start. All right, back on track. Remember, I would Um, I would start you with Cowboy Bebop. I think because you you're you're more interested in characterization. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. this is the ADHD podcast. So back on track. Or maybe that. No, sorry, Dan. Is it too soon? What about sorry? (laughs) <laughs> too soon for another Hellboy reboot. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, why not a deboot? Why don't we just get Ron Perlman back? Just put makeup he's on. Little, he's pretty old. Have you seen? We're about to watch Michael Keaton play Batman. It's, yeah, <laughs> true. And Michelle Pfeiffer was in in Quantum. Let, me, let me tell you about Michelle Pfeiffer. Holy crap! Let She's sixty-four years old. Jeepers! Wow. I know. They did some of those close-ups. So I'm like, I don't know if this is legit or if this is great special effects. But 
Hey, my hey, lord. She my, still got a fastball. She this is a like, comment about Hellboy. We're talking, <laughs> hey, we're raving about Michelle Pfeiffer. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 certain things you shouldn't interrupt. <laughs> yes. Yes, she is still quite something. So, right, I mean, and Ron Perlman, like, you know, Hellboy was mostly the, per- yeah, because of the, the makeup Ron and everything. No, yeah, it was and mostly Yeah, and it's Perlman his personality, before. right. Yeah. yeah, that's what made that whole thing work. I, I, I guess. I just, you know, but the, but the thing is, like, yeah, yeah if they were going to re- redo it. So Chris says, See, I don't know if anybody could do it besides uh, uh, How do you say his name? Mignola. Mignola. Give him the money. Let him cash those checks. He's yeah. the richest. Oh, he's the nicest, nicest when you meet him. He doesn't, char- he doesn't, oh, he doesn't charge, charge for signatures. Time. Sketch a Hellboy for me for free. That is actually awesome. Here's an idea. Here's how we can have our cake and eat it, too. Which, by the way, what's the point of having cake if you can't eat it? I will never understand that idiom. Can it be ice cream cake, please? Sure. Why don't we, why don't we do animated Hellboy with Ron Perlman as the voice of Hellboy? They did. Why don't we do more? Yes, exactly. Why don't we do more? Because those were good. Right. Those were very good. Very, very good. Clancy says just put Hellboy in World War II or Vietnam setting. They could sure. easily do that. Yeah. Wow. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yes. The, the Hellboy animated shows were awesome. Like, I never I, saw I that. That was the thing? I never saw that. That was actually yeah. a thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh. There, were, there were two or three of them. Yeah. Really? I got. I love that you can just hear John typing away on the show. It's, yeah. It was <laughs> sort of Storm. Sort it's of a storm. video show. It's like. <laughs> sort of Storms in 2006 and Blood and Iron in 2007. They were great. I had no idea. Yeah. Yes, do more of that. Yeah, Chris even says yes, more uh, animated Hellboy movies. All right, we're all in agreement. And get right. they were dark. They were darker than the movie too. Like, right, it call, was perfect. We'll, we'll call Mike tomorrow and tell him. Dark. The movies are. I I, I know. That's why I'm saying these were darker than the you know. So I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think people want another reboot right now. I like that David Harbour says every time I start feeling good about myself, I look at a picture of me as Hellboy, and it brings me right back down to earth. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That was from an article. That was from an interview he just gave. I wow. laughed when I read that because that movie sucked ass. Yeah, but I, just, I couldn't get through it. That's terrible. It is bad. It's so bad. Sucked all the ass. Hell's ass, if you will. I still don't know why they didn't give us three, but you know. I don't know. Del Toro's um, busy doing Del Toro stuff now. He just he's just doing whatever the hell he wants. That guy's got like the best Hollywood career. Any weird ass monster movie he wants to make, people go, Yeah, dude, go ahead, go do it. Here's here's several million dollars, go make it look amazing. And he's like, All right. And then he does a weird ass Pinocchio movie, and people are like, "Okay, it's Benicio del Toro, so whatever yeah, you want to do." Pretty much. I mean, uh, it's the dream. And this he final... won an Oscar for a movie about a woman who fucked the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. That that happened. Yeah, he won awards. <laughs> yeah, about a chick who fucked the creature from the Black Lagoon. That was a thing, and everybody yeah. said this is beautiful art. All right, how do we? <laughs> How do I pivot to a kid's movie? You don't. So, <laughs> just go with it. So, We're John, off. this news should have made you happy. They want to do a live action version of How to Train Your Dragon. You have no freaking... Oh. I, well, I don't know if it makes me happy. How do you improve on the original The original movie, you cannot, like, this... This uh, How to Train Your Dragon, the first movie, is one of my favorite movies of all time, period. If it's not my... I, I can't even think of another movie that, that bumps it off my number one. John, let me tell you something. I don't say this a lot, but you are 150% right. The first How to Train Your Dragon 
is amazing. It's one of Andy's favorite movies. We went and saw. I think I told you guys this. I took him to see it with the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra playing the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This oh, summer. John Powell. John Powell's yeah. it was, music was perfect. It was phenomenal. It is such a good movie. And like, it's one of those movies as a parent, you take your kid to see and you get a little tear in your eye, especially because especially it's a story of a kid and his dad. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. It, got me, it got me so in the feels. I want to see it because I know my son will be happy. But John's right. I don't know how you, I don't know how you redo it. I don't. They, how to Train Your Dragon. The the end was one of the most perfect plot. Like it, it was the the way they had the plot. In the end, they didn't win because of a contrivance at all. They didn't win because of a do ex machina. They won because the main character figured it out. He thought about it. He used tactics. He used everything he learned over the course of the movie, which nothing had been brought in just so that he could win at the end it was all perfect yeah like and how you how, how do you beat the the voice of hiccup jay jay Baruchel, right no, he's great or, or america ferrera as astrid or gerard butler as stoic you cannot beat that cast you could bring gerard butler in to just do it right that would actually kind well of yeah fun. you could you could bring him in i don't know if they'd bring jay, jay Baruchel in he's too old now you know i Hmm. I get it. I know the world we live in. I know Disney's had a ton of success doing this. And this How to Train Your Dragon franchise, it's a franchise, has oh, made yeah, the, the, a lot of money. The, so. the, the, net, the Netflix shows yeah. are, are amazing. And they t- they pick up the time between the movies, too. And it, it's really good. Chris, kids want these. That's what I mean. Like, Yeah, Chris said, enough with the live action remakes. Nobody wants these, right? Well, it, and it's, yeah, not, it's not that they want them. It's not that they want them. It's that kids will go and see it. Which yeah, means yeah. that they will make money, right. but nobody's asking for it. No. Really, I'm actually no. shocked that they didn't do Frozen already as a live action remake. That's Jump coming. Dis- Disney's got. I mean, yeah, like, that's not, Disney can take no their way. time. Like they don't have to rush any of this stuff. And the only one that didn't work apparently was Pinocchio. That's you guys see them, and apparently it's ass cheeks. I haven't seen it. With Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio. It's supposed to be poor, poor Tom Hanks. Like, you know, never say that he's had a fine career. Like the man. Oh, yeah. No, he, he, man has he seen it more than anyone deserves to. In well, part, part yeah. of the reason why it sucks ass is because he just he, he said, oh, paycheck. I'll take that. Sure. Hey, sometimes you want a boat. Yeah. But but again, like if you're going to do it, 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 it's the same frozen live action is the same problem as how to train your dragon. There's no way you're going to what you're going to bring in Adina Menzel. As, as as Elsa, I don't think that's going to work. Not not on live. Ashley says, "How about How to Train Your Dragon, but mixing it in with Gundam uh, robot?" Okay, games. okay. Now we're going to the fanfics. We're we're getting into fanfic here. It's I would like, watch that. Maybe maybe that would I mean, be yeah. the thing that finally got me into it. Would be dragons versus the Gundam. What, what you want thing. is Ready Player One. That's what you want. No, I don't <laughs> want that because I saw that movie and it was also ass cheeks. But here's something I will say to that point which it's kind of silly but at the same time you take a movie like how to train your dragon which is definitely geared towards kids make it live action now you've got dragons and vikings and it's kind of dark in some ways like it wasn't it wasn't just geared towards kids though the the some of the it, it was it was geared towards all right I'll, like, I'll call it a family film then you know yeah all right and, and it's, like it's yeah. not it's because it's animated it helps give it a lighter tone when you take that away, does it become too dark and heavy? I don't know, because I tell you this, we saw the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons today. Yeah. And this is, I, I feel like this is a lot of the stuff that John had said 
this is what a Dungeons and Dragons movie should be over the years. We we hope show. so far that it's looking good. This is we'll like I, I remember watching this trailer. Again, I'm like, you know, I've heard John talk about this for years on the show, and they seem to be hitting all the notes. And my kid doesn't know what the hell Dungeons and Dragons is. I don't even know if he could read the word dungeon on the screen. But he said, <gasps> but, oh, he's six, man. Dungeon is a big word. He said, Dad, we got to go see this movie. So maybe it will work. Give me like Game of Thrones style with with how to train your dragon. <laughs> no, uh, how to tra- that would be how to tra- that would be how to train your little lizard to like your sister. Oh my god, that's Game of Thrones, man! I thought we knew that. Yeah, we do, but still gross. It was gross. <laughs> we all that first episode of that pilot. Everybody went, Ew. yeah. All right, yeah. We'll see. I mean, again, it's one of these things where it's been introduced. Does not necessarily mean it's going to get made when they, they, they just throw an idea out there. So. I, yeah. I'm sorry. This, this is one that I, I just I hope they, I hope it doesn't work. I just I hope it gets pushed to the side because I cannot see them. Kind of like these big trouble little China remakes that I hear about every couple of years, but never seem to happen. Yeah. Well, even 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 the one that they did of uh, what, what was it the the Asian one, Disney, oh. right? That one they they cut that story to pieces. You know, yeah. that wasn't shot for shot, and it it they, the remake was horrible story yeah. wise. It was horrible. Not not even counting live action. Not not all their stuff is easily translatable to live action. Right. It's not going to stop Disney from doing it. They make a lot of money. Yeah. So, but all right. Well, I think that's it for the news. We will. Uh, what about the nudes? Is it fit from this week's nudes? Oh, for crying out, freaking! We'll, we'll have more of those after this commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Toys were cheap. Yeah, they were. We need new, we need new commercials. Yep. Spider-Man we have to work on that. Coming live action coming from Amazon Prime. You know what? I think I did see something about that, but with Nicolas Cage. No, I kind of want it with Nicolas Cage. To be uh, honest with you. Oh, no, you don't. He's Spider-Man War. He, yeah, yeah, I think in the cartoon. I, do. I like Nicolas Cage. He's a madman. Yes, he is. All right, we got a movie we all saw. I got a bad feeling going into this so, from things that you two have said already. So, okay, we have gone out and saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. It is, let's see, it's starring, of course, Paul Rudd, Evangelina Lilly. Who else is in this? Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Pfeiffer. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Who's the girl? The the, who plays the daughter? Don't know. She was recast and Caitlin Newton. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, surprise cameo by Bill Murray. Yes. Who got eaten? Yes, he did. Think. Hey, hey, no spoilers yet. That's not a spoiler. He, he. There's no way he'd want it. He. Anybody who knows anything about his career, he would. He would want to get eaten on this. He doesn't want to go back. Come back for another. One. Chris says he's out. Didn't see Ant Man three. Read more comics. He's right. Peace out, Chris. All right, so a couple, a couple things about the movie real quick. Box office currently at this moment. Domestic is $118 million. Okay. International is 239 so $357 million at this point for the opening weekend, which is really good. There's a lot of buzz about that. They're, they're very happy with it. Yes, and of course, the Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, which is obviously the critic's score, is, 40, Tomometer. is 47%, while the audience score is 84%, which I think is... Par for the course anymore for a lot of these movies. This is where um, we are with superhero movies, yeah. Yeah. Me. So, 
non-spoilers. Let's go around the room, and we'll start with John. What your initial reaction? No spoilers. Man in the Wasp: Quantumania. It was good. Go see it. No, seriously, it's like it was. It was. It sets up a lot of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there is the some some of these are going to start having to come with like guidebooks with like you know a, a cast of characters listed in it so you know who the hell you're you're talking about <laughs> you know yeah it's like the first time they introduced thanos it's like oh is that dark side no no that's thanos who the hell is thanos and everybody's you know everybody now everybody knows who thanos is but uh, yeah that that know. after credit scene in avengers where he turns his head oh those are deep, like, some of those are deep cuts <laughs> yeah but it was like all the nerds in the theater are like oh my god thanos and like everyone else is like who is that yeah yeah. So, but 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 aside from that, like the storyline was fairly well put together. There were a few issues I had with it, but otherwise, like I can overlook that. It was a fun. It was a fun movie, and it does set up Phase Five. So okay, yeah, you know, that's it. JD, it's all right. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. A lot of plot stuff. A lot of plot contrived stuff. And for an Ant Man movie. Mm-hmm. Some of it, yeah. It wasn't very fun. Really? Yeah, that's how I felt. I felt like it. I felt like it lacked the humor. Like people bitch about Marvel movies being all funny, but Ant Man is supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Especially and Scott Lang. Especially yeah. the Scott. Especially this. Like it lacked from Luis Guzman and that kind of stuff. Like it lacked from the humanity of the other two Ant Man movies. It was uh, very high he, concept to me. His uh, the 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 group couldn't come back, right? Like one of them is I don't know what's going on with them, but they didn't like there was no attempt to make something in that vein work. And that yeah. was disappointing to me. I think Jonathan Majors is absolutely awesome. He yeah. he he goes from understated in some scenes to completely chewing on the scenery and others a very Pacino like performance for oh, him definitely. in some of these. Like <laughs> I really like Jonathan Majors as an actor. Like he's clearly having fun. I thought mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer was great in this movie. She's she, so under she I like she's yeah, always been a really good actress. Like yeah. she's exactly she's super pretty, but I think she's uh, I think we understate some off so often how talented she really is. Mm. Michael Douglas is fine. He's just, you know, hanging out and yeah, doing he doesn't his have much to do in this movie. No. Yeah, but um, he's having fun with this. I mean, yeah, yeah, he is. He's very clearly having fun. Mm-hmm. Evangeline Lilly is just kind of there, but I always feel like she has just been kind of there for all these movies. I don't particularly think that she's that great. I don't particularly think she's she adds much to these like the characters necessary. I always they're not writing much for her. They aren't, but I think that through the third time around, I think they kind of do that on purpose. Like she's not that great. Like you know, she's not bad. She's passable. But when Michelle Pfeiffer is there, and you're like. Yeah, she's a lot better. You know, like I just I would I fell asleep once in the middle of the movie too. Like, ooh, it just and I don't usually do that. It it was just a lot going on and like I don't know. Like they just introduced. It was just like I felt like it was a lot. I felt like it was a lot, and I just I didn't hate it. I love by the end of it, I was into it and the credit post credit stuff I loved. But you know, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. But it definitely wasn't bad. What was the runtime of this thing? Felt long. Felt long. Well, hmm. I loved it. There was a lot in this movie. So the first, like, when you're dealing, okay, so here's my take on it real quick, non-spoiler. Hmm. When you're dealing with the quantum realm, you're dealing with something that is kind of high concept in itself. It is. For sure. And it's a very sci-fi concept. I kind of feel like when you read the comics, 
of the 70s and whatnot that dealt with the quantum realm if they feel like a throwback to the 50s sci-fi movies sometimes with some of the high concepts that are in it and i feel like if they had the technology in the 50s to make a sci-fi movie like this this is the kind of movie you would have gotten i don't disagree with that at all i think a lot of those comics from the 70s were written by people who grew up on what you're talking about yes so that's clearly like startling those guys are clearly influenced by those things yeah yeah so so that that's i mean like that's what i wanted out of quantum quantum realm movie and i thought the stuff with cassie and scott was great like the father-daughter relationship in this movie works well i thought so and you know paul rudd's paul rudd he's 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 great he's charming i love the voiceover stuff in the beginning and the end that ties the movie together so yeah like i have no complaints other than a cat who knocked my mouse over maybe he thought it was an actual mouse (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah, so that so I think we're all saying we liked it. Some are a little more enthusiastic than others. So yeah. what I'm going to say is if you haven't seen the movie yet, you know, you can stop watching now, come back after you saw the movie because we're going to get into spoiler territory. If you don't care or if you've already seen it, well, here we go. So so here yeah. Here we go. I, so so I'm going to say that the I t- already said the voiceover stuff in the beginning of the movie. I thought that was a fun way to kind of not be heavy-handed with it, but give us a little bit of an update of, like, what did Scott do? Where are we now with everyone? You know? Work. Like, oh, he became an Avenger, and he saved the world, and, and saved the universe, and... Uh, and wrote a book and, about yeah. it. Scott Lang would write a book. About yeah, it. yeah, right? It gets perfect, because yeah. he's kind of a scam artist. Like, that's part of the heart of the character, right? So, it felt like, yeah, this is what this guy would do. Like, it, but not, that, but not like a... Him. But not like a malicious scammer. No, no. He's kind of no. like your best buddy scammer. Right. The guy, you know? the guy look at it, he's look, your buddy that's always looking to get rich quick. Yeah. You know? But um, he means well. <laughs> he does. He's a good guy, you know? But he's always got an ankle. So it's very, it was very Scott Lang to me. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like that, that was great. And, the, and then he's in the bookstore with all the kids telling them to read in the book. Yeah. Like, like that was great. And then, of course, like father daughter like father his daughter's in jail you know which you like i love the the twist there because it's like oh is she now have a life of crime following in her father's footsteps kind of thing and it's like no she was at a protest and used pin particles and shrunk a cop car so she got arrested it was nice. Yeah. It was yeah, good. when she pulled when she when she pulled it out of her backpack, it's like I think I found this. It's like <laughs> I'll be honest, the first act of the movie is probably my favorite. Like I really like watching these people live in their world. And I think that's where the Ant Man character is at its strongest. Right. I think it's his, the way he plays off real people. Because the Ant Man has always felt like these Ant Man movies have always felt like the most grounded of the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Ant Man being the most relatable. But two hours, five minutes, it actually felt longer. Um, Scott Lang is the most relatable of the Marvel heroes, right? He's got real world problems. You know, he just, and his motivations are always like, I want to take care of my daughter. Like it's very, very good. I hated, like I said, we lost his buddies, his scheming buddies. We also lost Judy Greer and her husband, like um, Cassie's other, the other side of her family. And I think that the way everyone, I always, the first two films, I felt like they played, everyone played so well off each other that I think taking that away changes the dynamic of what makes these movies work to it. Should I get like the stuff, the stuff that Dave loved about it is the stuff that kind of wore on me a little bit. 
but the, but the thing is, with they couldn't bring in that side because no, I like I, how I, you bring them into no the argument. quantum realm, right? No, I agree. I agree. I think for me, the I just I the play just didn't. I don't think it played to the strengths of the character as well. Mark Mark from <laughs> so Wizard says the crazy thing is that, that there is actually an official Scott Lang book out now. Hey man, some ghostwriter got paid well. Good for you, dude. Whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree though. The the that is like some of the best stuff, and it's tough. You can't have all of those guys back, no. Especially because there doesn't make sense for them to go into the quantum realm. I mean, I you could get some good comic fodder out of it, but they're I wish not going to be much help. I wish we got one Louis Guzman like wrap up, right? Or like you know, this is where we've been, like. My friend told this one, da, 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 like, that's one of they the, they could have they, they done They could have had him do a Tika Watiti, right? For Thor, for Thor, Love and Thunder. Could have been. Him. Right. That's like, yeah. Like, I think that's I don't why really... they use Scott, though, to do that. Yeah. It is, and it's fine, but I think it would have been, I, I just, I just feel like the heart of this movie wasn't what the heart of, I don't think it played into what Rudd does well either. And that's just be like this everyman that's super likable, you know, like he was really more into action hero role. And I don't think that's the strength of, of Paul Rudd as an actor or the Ant-Man character. I, mm. Yeah. I'm not. It's fine. It's fine. But it was nice to see him as a hero. Yeah. I don't do as an experienced yeah. hero mm-hmm. at this point. Right. Yeah. Like he's not a fool at this point. He, no. he knows what he's doing. That's the thing too. You don't get a lot of time to breathe with that stuff. Like, no, they go back to they're having dinner at the house and they mention that they've been doing experiments and then boom, we're sucked into the quantum realm. Like really fast. And they didn't waste time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I got to ask, did you guys watch the Modoc show with Pat and Oswald? No, I saw two episodes and I would never watch it again. Was it that bad? I did I've not. Heard it bad. Yeah. What did you think about the Modoc reveal for this movie? I, I thought... thought it was clever. John? I thought it was clever, but it was great up until he, you know, opened the mask. And then it's like, oh, oh, no. I thought, oh, it, looked no, like sh- no, no. I thought it looked like isn't shit. Isn't that yeah. kind of what MODOK looks like in the comics? Come on, let's be honest. He's a giant face. MODOK was a cybernetic organism in the comics, not some guy's head that was shrunk to with, with like baby but arms. Like it didn't it didn't work for me. Yeah, it and maybe because like I don't think Darren Cross was that great a villain, right? He's very much a. I like the, tr- the the attempt to rehabilitate him overall. I thought the effort was good, but I also I find that Modok should be like zanier, right? And I felt like he was too grounded. Like in a movie where the quantum realm and everything's crazy, like the craziest, like Modok being the craziest thing didn't work. I thought it should have still been Patton Oswalt. You could have given should- him something different to do. But I think that that is what the character should, you know, it should, like, should have been more menacing too. like he's a cybernetic organism. He 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 should have been menacing. It. This guy, like as soon as the mask went up, well, it's like, hi, <laughs> it was I thought it was dumb. I thought the whole thing with Mo again, Modok's not a great character, I don't think. But I mean, yeah. the whole it just it just didn't work. He is, for me. He's a horrible character. And I thought this like. This was a great way to like bring him in and like then be. Yeah, I wish he was an original horrible character, not a not like. Well, they, yeah, I mean, I get it. It makes sense. I'm not gonna argue. I mean, it might say it doesn't make sense. Just didn't like, like you're never gonna get Modok as a main villain or anything. You're not. Nor do I want him to be. Nor right. do I want him to be. I think his use was fine. I thought making him Darren Cross was dumb, and I thought the design was dumber. To be quite frank, I th- I th- I think they could have done 
they could have used this as an opportunity to make the character work. Like that's not unheard of when they do these show these movies, right? Take something that didn't work before and make it work. But the direction they went in did not work. I that reminds me of George Lopez's character from oh, uh, ab- Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Absolutely. 100%. And it's, it's funny. Karen's sons went with us to the movie and that's her oldest son. That's what he said. Like he looks like the, the whatever the character's name was from that show. And it's like, so there's yeah. a lot of Robert Rodriguez, spy kids, shark boy, lava girl influence all over this movie, be it intentional or not. Like there's a lot of that, like uh, shockingly, a lot of it. Yeah. Like, weirdly. Agreed. Maybe want to see Robert Rodriguez make a Marvel movie to be quite honest with you. I don't think he ever would, but it would be fun. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, and I can understand why people don't like that character and the way he looked, but I was fine. I don't care about Modoc. So, like, make him a joke. It's fine, you know? I'm okay with him being a joke, but I wish the joke was funny. And if it was Patton Oswald, I would have laughed, you know? Instead, it's it was the guy who played Yellow Jacket, whose name I can't remember, who's not, like, funny, you know? It's just, like... Yeah, they made him kind of pathetic, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, if it, but if you're going to go with that route, it would have been better if you had a comedian playing him, like a like a Patton Oswalt, or like, or or make him completely menacing. Make yes, make him commit one way, like evil, commit, right? Commit one Corey way or Stoll the other. Is the actor's name, by Corey the way. Stoll. There you go. I just don't, I just don't think it worked. I don't. And people get on Marvel visual effects lately, which and I was looking. I'm like, I don't think these visual effects look bad at all. Because some of the reviews, like, all oh, these special effects are terrible. I didn't think that at all. I thought the special effects were the only great. thing I could the only thing I could say except for Modoc was yeah. Modoc, but yeah. he was made to look bad on purpose. Like that's uh, yeah, but, but it wasn't silly enough to laugh at. You but know? that's the right. other thing, right? When he bad. has the mask down, he's this menacing looking thing, and then when he takes the mask off, it's this goofy face of Darren Cross. Like, but it's like right, and, and his, but the and joke his personality change. Yeah, but the joke doesn't quite work because it doesn't look. Right. It looks. It doesn't look bad for the sake of bad. It just looks bad, right? Right. There's a there's a difference okay. between like it's Evil Dead, right? Like I just showed you Andy a bunch of Evil Dead stuff, right? Like Robert's like I'm Robert. Sam Raimi knew what he was doing about halfway through the first Evil Dead movie and steers into it. By Evil yeah. Dead Two, he's clearly aware of what he is. Yeah. Right. And it just seems like that wasn't what this was trying to be. Like they were trying to make Darren Cross look pathetic instead of like doing something with Modoc that would have been dumb but fun right and that's i guess that's my overall issue with this movie i didn't i didn't have enough fun with it you know okay. yeah it's like it's like you said before go all go hard either all one yeah. way or all the other don't try to make him menacing and then have the cover lift up and have him go <laughs> you but know, then they wanted, they like, wanted to be sympathetic at the end right right so but, and it didn't that didn't land for me you, either i'm like you you could have made him menacing and you could have also made him a slave and that would have made like they could have better you, there there are ways they could have played that wrote written him so that he you could still feel sympathy for him even he though your- he like you you're scared for anybody that's in a room with them, right? They made him the classic 80s villain sidekick basic cartoons that were like... Without a lot of personality. Like, that's the thing, too, is there's no, like, there's no huge personality from... Again, Corey Stoll is not, like, a character actor. Yeah. Right? He's just kind of an actor. Like, he's fine, he's good, but his his particular skill set doesn't necessarily lend to that type of a character. Okay. All right, well... 
So there's there's Modoc. We put that there's one. There's Modoc. We, we, we built built we beat Modoc with a stick. Well, okay, so I will get into something. Actually, if they beat him with the stick, that would have been funny. But go ahead. Yeah, like well, let's, let's get, okay, so they like, get separated. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll ask you guys this, because this is one of the aspects that Karen, bothered Karen about the movie. And, like, I understand they did it for, to, to help with the story, moving the, the way they move the plot forward. But mm-hmm. the idea that uh, Michelle Pfeiffer or Janet. Van, Jan Dine. Yeah. Yeah, Van Dyne never revealed anything that happened to her in the quantum realm. Even after they get sucked in, she's not saying anything to them and they're in danger because Kang is ruling over this world now. Like she's like, well, as soon as like a normal person, as soon as you got sucked in would have been like, all right, I didn't, I wasn't true. Here's what's going on. Like she keeps them in the dark until they absolutely have to know. I agree yeah. with you. I get her not telling the story when she came out because one, it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't matter to the plot of that particular movie. Yeah. Two, when you go through a great trauma, you don't like to talk about it, right? Typically, yeah. that's that's pretty normal. But in this movie, her not sharing stuff until the plot needed her to tell stuff was very plot driven. Plot driven. Plot driven. Mm-hmm. You know, instead yeah. of character, like because they're in the ship that he's like the biomechanical ship, which was cool, very creative. They're like, tell us, tell us, tell us. And she's like, I will. Not now. It's like, right. why? You're just sitting there. Like, you're, like, you're on that a is drive. Like, that this is... is the perfect time. And I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, this is the perfect time for you to do this because right now we're doing nothing. Yeah. Now, they, there's that. This is, a, this is a very, I wouldn't say overused trope, but a very common trope. Very common um, trope. Yeah. It, where, where, you know, you, you try to drive the plot or the, the tension up by having one character know stuff but the reason they won't tell anybody else is because they're trying to quote unquote protect them. And Jim yeah. Butcher worked his way through this in the first like three books of his of his Dresden files because he had people in in the first two books that were like, I need to know this. And he's like, No, I can't tell you because you know it, this is dangerous stuff. And of course, those people died, and and the character grew over that and realized I need to tell people. They need to be able. They need to be able to make their own decisions with this information or at least know enough to be able to protect themselves. Right. It's, it's a very childish way of looking at it to say, I can't tell you this. I'm trying to protect you. You shouldn't know this when, when it's something that could kill that person. So, or it's a very naive position anyway. So, and it's, and, and it's used to drive plot too much. I think in a lot of these movies, because like you said, it's like, I can't tell you, I, I, or I'll tell you, but later, you know, it's like, no, but it's, we're in danger now, right? Yeah, it's it especially all, all, a danger at the level of Kang. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's not. It, it, we're not dealing with you know a, a regular run in the mill thug. <laughs> we're dealing with someone who can manipulate time and space and is very powerful. Like, yeah, no, we and, need and, to know. Right, and the the other reason that writers will use this is because they don't. They want to try to avoid a full-on exposition dump for like five minutes. But we always get them anyway. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. And that's the thing is you just delay the exposition dump because any – and again, that's the conceit of a story like this. But something that happened in the past, right? It's unknown or – it's unknown knowledge to the reader slash viewer. So the only way you get that is via the exposition or the mm-hmm. flashback. Right. Yeah, sometimes an flashback. exposition dump is necessary. Yeah. Sometimes it is. And, you know, it can be – 
The wife just put the dog back in the room here. She just texted me. I got the dog is not ready for bed. He's going back with you. I'm like, okay, as long as he stops climbing in my closet, we'll be fine. An exposition dump can be done fine. And when they got to it, it was fine. It was nothing yeah. wrong with it. But it was like, why did we? I mean, like, it, it kind of T-bones the story because of where they put it in there. Yeah. You know, had it been in there earlier, it would have been fine. It just, I don't know. And then it can got beat real easy. Like I felt like I feel like this is supposed to be the next big bat. Now again, they addressed it in the post credit, which I was happy with. But during the movie, I'm like, we're dealing with our new Thanos pretty quick, huh? You know. Oh, I, I knew. I didn't think that was he, the end of him. I, I yeah. Who said he's beat? No, he didn't. know. I said I thought like watching the movie, I'm like, oh, he's getting beat. But then like the post credit really, really fixed that. You know, really like made me feel like, oh, okay, we got something here. Well, no, but even that version of Kang wasn't beat. Uh, he was sucked into the thing. We don't. Even Scott goes, I don't know if he's actually beat. Right. So we don't know if this Kang is defeated. Well, I, I mean, like, the, the, I don't know. He got beat by a bunch of ants. Granted, it's right. Ant-Man, well, but it was like, eh, I don't know. But, don't he, know. Did, but he didn't get beat by the ants, right? He they didn't know. kill him. No, he got punched and sucked into a machine. I don't know. It was just very, like, I don't know. Like I said, like, there's something about this whole act. The second half of Act 2 and Act 3 really didn't, like, work work for me at all. And, like, I just didn't. Maybe Peyton Reed is not the director to make these type of things work. Right. And I just, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like how, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Like, I just like, okay, we're just punching. Like, it felt like, it felt beneath the character who can manipulate space and time. Granted, his stuff is broken conveniently. Right. Right. Like, it's just, it's all, a lot of it is just plot conveniences. No, well, I get it. And I get it. But it's of, like, speaking of plot conveniences, this is something that I have an issue with. What's I, that? I let it slide for the movie, but. So you're dealing with Kang, who is supposed to be, for lack of a better explanation, the smartest man in the multiverse, in the Marvel multiverse, because he figured out how to jump through time and dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. And using the stuff around him, he's able to figure out how to get his quantum drive or whatever they call it working in, in the movie. But then Janet stops him by just making it grow. Right. Well, not grow, not grow. She, she. I mean, she put a bunch of shrink and grow things on it. Like she, she basically trapped it okay. in some kind of quantum lock loop. It's like a loop, loop. kind of. Yeah, where it's like right. constantly growing and. Ch- yeah, I got that. It was yeah. weird. It like, the physics are wonky, but I can accept wonky physics in fiction. It was a timey wimey yes. thing. That's right. Very right. much, very right. timey wimey. Timey wimey. It's a, it's a, it's okay, a funky physics thing. However, I want a T-shirt. We should have superhero speak funky physics thing shirts. It is. The typical Marvel MacGuffin is the Pym Particles. He can't figure out how to make Pym Particles, so he's stuck there until Janet mysteriously gets sucked back into the quantum well, he realm. Did, he, well, the thing is, like... What have been looking for? I mean, he, he, I, I can understand, like, yeah, he may, be, he may be smart, but, you know, like, he could probably make a Tony Stark suit. That wouldn't be a problem. But Pym Particles is a whole other thing. That, requi- that probably required a couple of, like intellectual leaps of 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 i don't know i feel i feel knowledge move through time and space understands how time works better than anyone else well if he had his if he had his time machine particles if he had his time machine you just take a post-it throw it on the on the machine say find pin particles and then five seconds later you know he'd find his future self would find it he also says that he's dealt with the avengers in multiple timelines over and over again so yeah. he already knew about pin particles. You would, but he had the, but he, he had thirty first. He had thirty first century technology. He didn't care. He right, didn't bother be, with it. Let's be real. 
He also couldn't fix his time machine until Janet Van Dyne helped him. So he's essentially, he is essentially the professor from Gilligan's Island. Mm. He cannot fix the hole in the boat. Well, if he had some coconuts, right. I mean. And it is, it's, it's, it's a MacGuffin. It's a plot contrivance to make the movie work. And, and I get that. And I, I let it slide, but it is like the one little thing that like bugged me. It's like, wait, why can't he figure this out? You know? Well, maybe he was just using her her knowledge of the quantum realm to be able to figure out what was there that he could use to fix it, right? It's possible. Yeah. They don't it wasn't they like don't he landed in there. a lab. No, that's Classy true. But says they can't they still fix the, it. Uh, hmm. The Ryan George meeting, pitch meeting from Ryan George for this movie. Oh, I love pitch meetings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, that that's nitpicking. That I didn't. I didn't have a that's problem. That's what I'm saying. With that. like, it is. That's why I let it go because it is nitpicking. It is the only like major okay. issue I saw in the movie. Like, okay, my my most major issue was with the ants. It's like they just the only reason that they had any chance was because they int- this. This is what I was talking about before with like How to Train Your Dragon or something. It's like a lot of writers rely and this happens in books too and and just about in any medium a lot of writers will be like okay i have this problem and i need to solve it so in the beginning of the show i will introduce the thing that i will use later to solve it they don't like they, there's no checkoffs gun from a couple of episodes ago or like in yeah. a very long book series they don't take stuff that they've had access to before and use that they have to always introduce something new some new macguffin so like in this case it was like oh we know he he's always had ants but now he's got ants that are smart and can build technology and and when they got sucked into the quantum realm they just so high of all of them that got sucked in just the ants suddenly got somehow sucked into a part of the quantum realm that went fast it's like it's like yeah, contrivance or, or, or that is something they've established in the quantum realm is different areas the time moves differently. Like, right, but only the ants got sucked into that part. Maybe because they were already know. smaller. It's Ant Man, so I mean, like we kind of had to have the ants involved, like somehow they could have, they could have, they could have. I get where you're coming from. They they could have they could have had Janet. They they could have had it like we need something to beat this guy, but we don't know what. And they could have they could have been, oh well, I've got these ants and they're learning technology. And Janet could be like, oh, throw them over here where time goes faster. Yeah, but they weren't together. So uh, yeah, those like two a, were. No, they were split up. Like she goes off with Kang. Well, it, in the in the middle, but like you know, it's just we. It could have. There, there could have been a better way to write that instead of just it just so happened it just because so, the, the the problem I always have with with plot lines is like it just it is it relies on too many you know well too many contrivances I mean, in order to make it work too many yes. coincidences yeah I mean let's let's get real if you and want then, and even the, even the, even then that these hyper advanced ants couldn't even finish the job and Kang was still alive I mean come on. <laughs> let's let's be honest. If you want to nitpick, right? You're in the quantum realm. You're in the the microscopic universe that lives with between atoms. The microverse. The microverse. Yeah. How Micronauts. Does, <laughs> how does no, how does Scott shrink down even more? While he's I wondered that too. I'm like, oh, he can still shrink. There's for, there's more. I guess there's always places. You know, I it didn't. He's Ant Man. So is there a micro microverse? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> 
Could he then, jump into another quantum realm within the quantum realm? And why, why was everybody pretty much the same size? Like, if you're talking like if they if this is only just no, one level sir, of her, the buildings could move. Your buildings are alive. <gasps> Yours are dead, which is actually probably my favorite line in the whole movie. That was pretty no, good. Yeah, that was no, good. <laughs> my favorite line in the whole movie is, "I have holes." Oh, God, <laughs> I, I was cheesy. I didn't more know than... he could do that. <laughs> That's funny. You have seven. You know, seven holes, and he stops. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about it. It's funny. That was mm. that was humorous. Yeah, I get that stuff bothers me a lot less than the like interpersonal character stuff. That's that's for me where I kind of kind of lost me a little bit. Okay, one of the things I loved in this movie, and it's a high concept thing, was when he was in the drive, and it was the possible, you know, the Schrodinger's explanation of it, like the Schrodinger's cat. All the possibilities begin existing at once. That's mm-hmm. why there's multiple Scott Langs and then multiple Janets, because it's like... But only you know, one Baskin-Robbins. You know, <laughs> for the humor. Do you know what I kept thinking watching that? Can you imagine if Sam Raimi did this sequence? Oh, my God. It yeah. would have been far more imaginative and scary, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, again, I think I think this movie kind of collapses on the fact that Peyton Reed is just not that... He stretched himself. He really yeah. did stretch himself with this one. But he's hmm. just not that but, kind of guy. And then I love, like they all start working together because they all have the same goal. Cassie at the end. Cassie, yeah. Save his daughter. Yeah. And it's like, which makes like sense. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah that, that works. Makes I sense, it was good and stuff. it works. Yeah. Like yeah. I really like that part. It was good. I like that. It was a good little scene. It was all very, it was very Alice in Wonderland. You know, it was very much had that type of vibe to it. Yeah. You know, the trippiness, like I said, if it was in a, I think it was in the hands of a more skilled, more visually attend, like and visually in tune director. It would have been better you know true and spookier because again like i didn't get the sense of like fear or dread in that and scene. this could have gone spooky too this could it have gone seriously have, spooky it should have gone spookier i think that's again mm. one of my issues because it's not there's not enough heart so i think it should have been because again they're in a foreign universe really and none of them are freaking again they're they're avengers but none of them are kind of like freaking out about like what is going on. What is this? I just drank a dude, and I I can hear it. <laughs> I just drank a dude, yeah. Which was funny, <laughs> but I mean, like I don't, I didn't feel okay. Character wise, I didn't feel like they were stressed enough about the situation. So, so yeah, should once okay. he drank the dude, he should have thrown up. Speaking that of that, when when Janet brings hope drink and, the, and uh, drink the ooze, yeah. brings Hank <laughs> to the to the bar, and they drink the ooze there, and they can hear everyone. The first thing that Hank Pym does is ask for an alcoholic drink. He's a baby boomer. That's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Okay, I'm don't. To me, that felt weird and out of place. No, I thought I, I actually no, felt that like was perfectly. Most, yeah, I yeah. thought that was the most human part of the whole movie. To be honest with you, yep. Okay. Like I really feel like that is what that guy would do in that scene. It's also Hank Pym. Most, yeah. most people would have done that in that scene. A lot of I mean, people like, just, like yeah. I need a drink. Well, and and that goes along with having to deal with all this new stuff. Like, yeah, what was the I first agree. thing you want to do? I need a drink. Yeah, <laughs> so. I gotta I gotta calm my nerves. Yeah, that, I really felt like that was one of the most human, like one of the most human moments in the entire movie. I really did. Okay, it's okay. I just like I didn't say anything or, or think anything when I saw it, but then I thought about it afterwards. I'm like. But I wouldn't have done that. I would have been that wouldn't have been my first thing. Like it wasn't Janet's or Cassie's either, but it was Hanks. And because he didn't even say he needed a drink, he's like, "What can I, I get drunk?" drunk. Well, yeah. again, I think again, he's 
I find his because re- again, this dude knows when he's over his head, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's and true. that's like a rational way to. If I get drunk, then I can at least relax deal with it a little. Yeah. Bit. Or be, I'm miserable right now, so I might as well be. You know, I like the brush. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like we can I, get you nice and fucked up. I need some alcoholic perspective on this crazy shit that's going on. <laughs> and then Bill Murray showed up, and there is no amount of crazy alcoholic perspective that you can use to deal with Bill Murray these that days. Was a- it was weird, right? It was it weird. It, it wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. He right? can still play menacing, though. He did. Right? The menacing was good. I thought his yeah. menacing was He's... really good, but he wasn't funny. Like, right. I didn't think he was funny. Like, like but what, maybe that's, that's not what he funny needed. didn't come off as funny. He didn't need to be funny, though, but you can be menacing. Earlier in the scene, when he, when he had to be menacing, he was menacing. But when he's trying to, like, put them at ease, he should have been Bill Murray. Like... I was waiting for him yeah. To be, yeah, like charming. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he never comes charming off him. charming, no. right? He never I never get that classic Bill Murray vibe off of that character. But when he went menacing, it worked great. Like that was really good. But the the earlier part of the scene I really felt like it didn't work. Although the thought of Michelle Pfeiffer hooking up with Bill Murray was just like not Ooh. coalescing with my brain. But yeah. well Yes, but when you're only running oh, from another it. humanoid. Oh yeah. No, I get it. But, Holes. They, bo- holes. They, they both cut holes, right? holes. Yeah, seven holes. holes. Big, they, they, big theme of the movie. They, they both kind of admitted to each other that <laughs> we both have needs. Like, yeah. why didn't you stay with that? Because it weren't you, honey. That That's was a, another. I, again, I actually think Michael Douglas kind of steals this movie. Is that a little bit. is that a weird yeah. brush over of that too? Like, no, I in the middle of almost dying. Not years. really. No, 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 no. It's a great relationship thing, right? Because it's two people that reconnected after thirty years. Of course, there were others, yeah. and he's kind of like this guy. And she's like, "What? Well, what did you?" He's like, "Well, I had one too, but she she wasn't you." And I was like, "That's great!" Like, yeah, that's like my favorite relationship in the Marvel universe right now is is Hank and Hank and Janet, right? right. They like those two work, and I I liked that. Again, like my favorite stuff in the movie is like the the, the few human notes. I mean, again, I thought the hope and the hope and Scott stuff. I thought at the end, I thought it was a little schmaltzy. I don't know why it didn't work as well. All right, do we we do when it comes to Michelle Pfeiffer, we have to address her hotness in the room. Okay, in here's my the thing. Pants. <laughs> here's the okay, thing. I'm with not going to be as crude to that, but it, she is a oh, very beautiful woman at 64. Obviously, we, we've talked about this before. With, we'll obviously, when they do the scenes with her and Kang. And the, the flashback scenes, they de-aged her, right? Didn't notice, possibly. I, I think they de-aged her a little I, bit through the whole yeah. movie. Actually, uh, not really, no. If you, no, if because you look at pictures older, of her now. She looked older in the last movie. I when think they, they make her, her save her. I think they make her look older in these movies than she actually looks in real life, quite frankly. Because if you see photos of Michelle Pfeiffer just out being Michelle Pfeiffer, she looks younger. In she looks life. like she's she in her forties right now. At the she best, does. She, she, she does. I mean, uh, better than think, Evangeline and, and, and Lily. And in it, this movie. Right, and this 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 goes towards what we've it's talked about before. Wait, wait, wait. This is what we've go. What we talked about before, like to somebody like me who's been around for a very long time. When I was young, and a woman was fifty or sixty, there were certain lines that were there. Like they did not. They looked fifteen. Well, t- to me. My idea of 1560 is like dowager, you know, you're getting on. Like these days, though, we've talked about this before, where they just don't look old anymore until they're like, 
I wouldn't say she didn't look old. I will say she's growing old remarkably gracefully. She looks what? great, not just at her age, but at any age. But she does not look like Michelle Pfeiffer at 40. Michelle right, Pfeiffer some, at 40 looked 25, quite frankly. Right. Like, she just has but phenomenal some, genetics. But some of, these, some of these actresses that we're seeing on these shows are like, they do not age like normal human beings. Normal. If you look around, people like I look at photos from like the eighties, and they're like, well, "This guy was thirty five and you're like, "He looks like a mountain troll." Like, <laughs> yeah, people, like... <laughs> people are doing a it's, better job taking care of themselves. Right, today. it's a mixture. It's right, a mixture it's of a lot of things, and we yeah. had a lot of preservatives. I also think mm. makeup and and camera effects are a lot better today. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. They were back maybe not then. makeup. Maybe not makeup. I think we've actually take like if you listen to some of these cinema people, makeup's actually not as good as it was because it was more relied upon. Yeah. Like now, there's more you can get away with digitally. So some of the makeup skills aren't quite what they were thirty. Well, you 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 think you think, but like with 4K, it's different. You know, with them shooting everything in 4K these days, it's yeah. like you better, like. But the, you, right. you know what they're doing? They're fixing everything in post with CGI. Like Correct. even small things now, they're not relying right. on normal makeup anymore. Correct. That's why I'm saying the makeups yeah. the makeup skills aren't what they used to be because it's the the business is different, which is not to be so, yeah, you know, that's not true. a surprise. Which yeah, is a shame Piper. actually. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lost art. That's going to become a lost art soon. I just remember saying that to Karen on the way home. Like, I just feel like maybe they used some effects on her a little bit throughout the movie. Maybe I don't think so. I think this is what she looks like right now. I don't know. Have you seen her? Out of extensive, you know, extensive searching, I'd say she looks exact. She looks like she does. You know, in the movie. Yeah, for for somebody who's who's sixty four again, she Michael uh, Douglas for all his problems looks pretty good too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah cancer yeah. and stuff like that. He looks really good. And Paul Rudd is, you know, Dorian Gray. Yep. <laughs> but but again, again, like Michelle Pfeiffer, we're talking about her. Is looks. that too highbrow she, for this crowd? Yeah, we're talking no, about Michelle Dorian Pfeiffer's Gray looks, has but she painting right. He's the one the aging backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, he doesn't age at all. I don't, right. That's Benjamin Button. Benjamin. Oh, Button that's right. Backwards. Yes. Right. Sorry. So go ahead. Hi. We're 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 talking about her looks, but the more important thing is she. She's like we were talking about Evangeline Lilly not being not really, you know, she's not a very good actress. Right. Not bad. It's she not had good. she had about as many lines as Michelle Pfeiffer, but Michelle Pfeiffer took those lines and did things. I disagree. I think Michelle Pfeiffer has a lot more to do in this movie yeah, specifically than a little bit, a little bit more to do. But she, but what she was given, it's still not like great a whole bunch but she was able to take this, those lines to do a lot with this well, she, like, she's a... asked to do a lot more you know like michelle pfeiffer is kind of a crux of this movie like this is more this is more her like the last movie like she's really not she doesn't do a whole lot this movie she drives a lot of the yeah right but, but she's but michelle again, pfeiffer. she can you steer into your strengths right right but she's still like what she did have to do she made the most of Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she's, she's a talent. I, I'm still blown away by that one. I'm still blown away by that one move. Was it that one video of her when she was doing Catwoman for the Batman movie and yeah. she learned how to make a, actually use a whip. Yeah. And, and, you know, just behind the scenes was just whipping the heads off of some of the mannequins well, she nailed, and everybody she nailed it in one take. She nailed it in one take. Yeah. It's just like, you know, she's just got talent coming out of her ears. She's she amazing. Does. She's remarkably talented. Like I was actually reading up about her in preparation for this. And like, she was talking about how she got by earlier in her career just on her looks by her own admission. 
and how she mm. really took acting seriously. But by the time she's like in her thirties, she is one of the most accomplished actresses in Hollywood as just yeah. talent level. Like she's real parts to work with and she's, it, it helps that she's gorgeous, but she's so damn good in everything. Yeah. It's, it's like people will say, Oh, she got by by her looks, but when no, you, when you no. get her, but, yeah. but when you get her, to, when you get her on a move on a, on film, it's like you, you cannot deny her talent. No, yeah, what's she yeah. been bad in? Name a movie she's been bad in. Like, she's not even bad in Grease 2, and that thing's awful. Yeah, it's true. True. Wasn't she in a movie, like, was it back in the day when, like, every other movie was, like, a teacher with a bad batch of students? Sir, and- sir, you were discussing a movie called Dangerous Minds that, when yes. I was in high school, changed lives. She like, was good. Was- Yes, yeah. in 1995, that movie like spoke cross culturally, and that Coolio video with her in it was like, oh yeah, that was big. That's right, that Coolio, was... the Coolio movie with her in it. Oh, Gang- I forgot Gangster's about that. Paradise, my friend. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, let's let's get out of the Gangster's Paradise. Ah, uh, Coolio did. Rest in peace. Yeah. Ooh, is that a joke? I'm just being honest. No, no, yeah. It's... I don't know. Felt like man's gone. No one's doing a bit. Just passed recently, away very right? recently. Yeah. Very recently. Sad. Yeah. He was he was young. He yep. was good too. He was, very, ca- good in, he was very good in Dangerous Minds. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of those movies, like The Substitute or Class of 1984 and stuff like right. that. You know, but that's that's actually a pretty good one. Stand and deliver. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely right. was a trope. So yeah, I mean where where, 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 where was my I have no going? idea. Oh, no idea. So well, no, no freaking clue. So they did a lot to build, I think. I can't. Th- I can't think of her name again. Cassie's character up in this movie too. I think. True. They're trying to, you know, do her as a hero. So here's the thing with that. Next Avengers, they want young. Right. Young, Next young Avengers, Avengers, or young Avengers, young Avengers, right? Like, the, like stature. What? Stature. That's the name. Stature is the right her character. Like that's that. Oh, okay. But apparently, there was something that came out. I I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it from a couple different people. That Kevin Feige said that they they have no plans for Young Avengers. Right. Okay. Yeah, say, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like the yeah. entire team, like obviously they have plans for it. But. All we're missing is Hulkling at this point. Right. And by the way, Iron Lad, Iron Lad was a Young Avenger. Do you know who Iron Lad is? Kang. Yeah. 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 We're all there. Yeah. We're not we going to get the we, convoluted we should, history of Kang in the MCU, though. We we should talk about. Aren't the, we not going to get the convoluted history of Kang in the MCU yeah, based get, on that yeah. based on that post credit sequence? We're, we're already getting. Yeah, we should talk about the post credit sequence. Let's talk about the post credit sequence. We've read. We about should talk about that. Yeah. It's it's ten fifteen already. We should really. Yeah. All right. So okay. All right. Yeah. So so long story short, obviously, long they story defeat, longer. Like okay. With, with the, 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 ex, the new X, the new antennas. So they need the, they need his time drive working to open up a portal so they can get back home. They, uh, um, Janet figures it out, gets it open. <laughs> they all jump through. Kang wasn't actually killed. He jumps out. He's fighting Scott at the end. They're in the big back and forth fight. You know, you think Scott's gonna like? They have you thinking, oh, Scott's gonna die. He's gonna sacrifice himself. Like, no, obviously not. But like he's like I don't need, I don't need to win. I just need both. I just need you to, uh, us to both lose, you know. Which then Janet jumps out of the portal, saves him. Hope, hope. I'm sorry. Hope jumps out of the portal, saves him, and then they end up destroying his drive, and it shuts down. And you feel like, oh, they're setting up like one of the next move things. 
they're trapped in the quantum realm and they have to, you know, that's what you thought. Yeah. That's what you think. Nope. They push a couple of buttons and get the portal back up and get right to them. (laughs) That makes no sense. Yeah. That felt a little contrived. Did. Did. Little, little, I thought we were going to go with like a, a sad ending and they were like, nope. Not necessarily fine. sad because you know the defeated if Scott tank. doesn't come home. If Scott doesn't come home, it's a sad ending. But I think yeah. it would have worked, to be honest with you. But it's not what they wanted, so whatever. But yeah, it was like, oh, that worked out very convenient. Yeah, whatever. It's like, and this is what I'm talking about. They kind of dealt with it. it was kind of easy. I was a little disappointed, but I think we're still going somewhere with all this. So I'm willing to, I'm willing to forgive and forgive based on the post. So, so the first post credit <laughs> scene, we get the Council of Kangs. Council is that of Kangs. We're calling this. Yeah, like this giant stadium full of Kangs all yelling and screaming. They there, gathered them up because he was defeated. There are, wasn't one of them that killed him. There That's are so who, many videos online of people going frame by frame trying to pick out all of the Kangs that ever appeared in the comics. And there's like, I think they're, they're up to like 30 different Kangs that were actually specifically mentioned in comics. The ones that count were Rama Tut and the younger Kang, Scarlet Centurion, and Immortus. Are you sure yeah. the younger the younger one wasn't Scarlet Centurion? I think he was, was. Elder Kang or uh, Future That's Kang. A, it's a nope. I, I forget. I there was, it, it, there was Iron Lad, Iron Lad met quote unquote Future yeah. Kang, which sent him back. That was Future Kang. Future Kang for thought, Future Kang for Iron Lad because Iron right. Lad is young young Kang. So it's not Kang before he becomes proper Kang. It's Kang. Scarlet Centurion. Oh God, this is why it's so confusing. So, <laughs> This is why this is why this character is so confusing. It's the Scarlet Centurion is younger than Prime Kang. Scarlet Centurion, yes. right? But Scarlet younger. Centurion was meant was seen on the floor. He wasn't in. He wasn't one of those. Uh, three. I was told that he was. What I read said that was the third Kang. No, yeah, I don't that, know. That's not what because because there's there's a picture of there's a picture of of Scarlet Kang uh, on the floor. That's what Screen Rant told me. I'm sure we'll get he a was clarification the only... of this in some time. Well, no, actually, just... Screen Screen Rant new new rock stars like they're the ones that go frame by frame by the stuff and that's, new rock I'm stars. Just... So, okay. so right. is anyone yeah. who's anyone still <laughs> watching? Yeah. But yes, the other were the Mortis and, and Ramatat. Yeah, let us know in the comments. <laughs> right. You know what's funny? So, Do you know what Kang's real name is? Summers, right? No. Oh no, he's not a Summers. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> No, oh, he's a Nathaniel Richards. That's right, a, that's he's a I Richards, meant. right? Richards, yeah. not a Summers Richards. I meant Richards. So wonder, they have to bring in the Fantastic Four into this. I would think at some point, unless they decide to ignore that, but it's a pretty big part of Kang's background. Well, Rama Tut specifically, because Rama Tut was a Fantastic Four villain. Yes, right. Well, but he's also and it, Kang. And in a lot of these, a lot of these guys were retro. Was it uh, retrofitted into into Kang's like? You know, Ramatut was wasn't originally a Kang. Neither was a Mortis. So, I'm not sure about that, John. I'm pretty I, I, sure Kang is Ramatut came first. Ramatut is the first version of him. The, the, right, but I don't was, think he was like originally a Kang and they, they, they kind of made him a Kang later. I'm gonna look that up. I think that's incorrect. But I'm gonna look While that you're up. And Mortis definitely wasn't Kang initially I will, and then they I made will him say a Kang. this. I will say this. The you think Kang is killed, but the whole thing is we knew the next Avengers movie is going to be called the Kang dynasty. So like they couldn't have killed, like there had to be a way to bring them back. And obviously there was true. I, I mean, well, the Spy thing kids three again, again, it goes, it goes, it goes the spoilers. Cause I wait when the movie hits streaming. Yeah. Uh, 
it it goes back to that thing where I said like it, it, I forget who said it, but it was it's once once you have a character that is a time traveler, they immediately become immortal because you can bring them back, you can kill them as many times yeah. as you want, and it won't matter because the, because there's always a way to bring them back. I think Karen made that same point. Like yeah, once you introduce a time traveler, you can pull them out at any point in the timeline. Yep. Yeah, they're they're now immortal. You could even kill them multiple times, and it doesn't matter because you're just the timeline. Oh no, you know, no! Wait, all you do is changing the timeline. We were talking about Reverse right. Flash. Yep. When when Kang, when Mortis is introduced, he's he's talked about as being Kang, a future version of Kang. First time was he? Yep. First time. I I I thought again. I'm the DC person, but I thought that they had re- they had uh, what what's the word? Not retro. Retcon. Retcon. They had retconned yeah. a lot of these guys into becoming like the guy. The guy who was in the 1900s who who created the the town. Incorrect. And all four of them, all three of them, actually appear within the same year, 63 to 64. They all really, mm-hmm. really. Okay. Huh. So we got our council of kings, and then we get a second post credit scene. <laughs> did you stay around for the second post credit scene, gentlemen? I did. Yeah, a lot of people left the. I'm really surprised. Like it's getting my theater. The theater I was just turned the overhead lights on, and the guys were cleaning. And it's like I know there's two. I looked it up. I know there's two scenes. You know, and then they brought the lights back down at the end of the credits, and I'm like, about three quarters of the people in my theater got up and left, and I'm like, well, okay, I know who the hardcore people are now. At this point, how do you do that? Yeah, so we got our setup for. Season two of Loki, it looks like. We had our Owen Wilson and, and Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and... Oh, God, why can't I think of his character Victor name? Timely. Yes, and we get the Victor Timely version right. of... Okay. Timely being an old name for Marvel Comics. Right, yeah. Timely Comics. Timely. Use, you know. So it's interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I was going to say, one of the students of, of Victor Timely was one Phineas Horton, who invents the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Ah. Who's android body we see in the first captain america movie yes are yep. we finally going to do something with the original human torch that would be interesting. cool i don't know i hope so i like that character jim hammond he's really cool really underplayed and the human torch is cool he's neat. yeah so yeah but i mean i yeah it's a cool setup too for season two and i like that how owen wilson's like i thought you said this guy was going to be medicine the way you talked about him and you know he is he no. is yep. no so yep. sorry. Yeah, yes, no, he yes, is. Katie, yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Bad dog. Sorry. Continue. No. Wow. So, so the, that's my the, question. The, is Kang gonna just be everywhere? Yeah, I think, mania? I think so. Doggy mania. Is that what Doggy mania. <laughs> No, I think I think Kang is gonna be more present than Thanos was during phase two. Yeah. yeah. But he can be, because there's like part of Kang's charm is that there's lots it's, of versions of him that that you know that whole oh it's i was gonna say morbius so trope from for four is now gonna be oh it's kang it's, well, it's gonna be kang it's gonna be kang. That's well we know when we see jonathan majors showing up that it will be kang yes yeah i mean it's crazy like and then that's the whole thing if it's infinite number of versions from across the multiverse and he can and you know we don't know what percent of them are pure evil like you could just yep. bring them back forever. Crisis of Infinite Kings. What do you think, Astro? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think so. This is this well, is an interesting. Fun. I can't wait for season two of Loki now. I want to see. 
I tell you what, this got me more interested in season two of Loki than anything else. Yeah, we we thought at the end of the season one that we thought Kang was. I mean, they they kind of made it look like Kang had taken over, but Owen Wilson is now listening to to Loki well, again. Something so, happened. So what? Yeah, what happened? Right. Something happened to make him to make Owen trust Loki. Something happened. Well, I guess we'll find out next season. Now, here's the other thing: the Kang in this movie. Yeah. This, the, the the conqueror kept saying that something worse is coming. He knows how it's all going to end because they banished him. The Council of Kangs banished this king to the quantum realm because but he was too powerful, I guess. Or the, they, I don't know. they just want to get rid of him. They didn't call him Kang, but the Kang that was in season one of Loki, the one he he who above all. What do they call him? He what who they walks call him? behind or no? No, no, that's from Children of the Corn. Yeah, uh, he, who he who walks, walks behind, behind is from. He who walks behind is actually from Dresden. What the hell do they call him? Hold on. Who is this? Kang Wikipedia. Kang Kang, from season one of Loki. Remember, they get He who remains. He who remains. remains. That's who you're talking about, right? Right. He turns around and goes... Thank you, PBC. PBC (laughs) said it too. You mean... uh, That's Randy. Hi, Randy. Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't see the picture. (laughs) He He said he didn't know what was going to happen after they crossed that threshold. He was like, now I have no... Like, he knew everything up until that point. Now he's like, now I don't know if gonna happen and he you know gets killed shortly after right because then all the other universes and timelines started spouting kangs all over the place right so kanged it all up i find that interesting too like you can have one character who's gonna sit there and say they know everything and then you can have one that's gonna like well we're gonna get to a point where i don't know anything yeah i don't know this is gonna get very heavy i think weird and heavy yeah i i I hope the writing is good because it's going to be very hard for them to write a storyline where they can defeat somebody where there's an infinite number of variants of them around. You can't. Right. There's no way to like. Well, we know you can. We know you can because he who remains did. So so is it. That's what he claimed. Who knows? Right. So is the TVA involved? And 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 also the guy timely, right? Why are they visiting timely? Is that is that one variant of Kang, the one that kicks off all the rest of the Kangs? Did they follow the causal, you know, chain down to that one guy, and that's why they're there right at that point? I like, like this. So, Anyone else get Riffer's song vibes from Kang? We saw the <laughs> first. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with this. You're right. I don't know how you. You're right. He did say that. He saw he he was the last one. He he who remains. That's why he was called that. But right. But well, yet, because he was preventing the rest. Spawned everything. It seemed like. Well, he d- he died, lost, and that means that there was no one controlling all the other the the sacred timeline. Right. Meaning that it spouted other timelines where Kang was able to like be born. Right. So and 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 so on and so forth. So. How do they get back to like the point where they control which timelines spawn a Kang or, or how do they get to the, right. So the, like this, the writing on this could be really good or really bad. And that's the only thing that worries me about phase five. Here's the, yeah. How do you you stop Kang? Here's the thing too, right? Ants. Giant ants. You talked about, yeah, we've talked about this before in the show too. And this is, I think where we can wrap the conversation up. The issue we have with this long-running history of Marvel movies now, right, and it's still going, is the raising of the stakes, 
right? Like first they save, first they defeat people in World War II, and then you know they stop a madman. Then right. they save the Earth. Yeah. Uh, well, now they got to save the universe. Oh, now they got to bring half of the universe back. Now they got to stop a madman who can destroy all of time. And we're well, where and do we're you right... go after that? We're, then you got to go smaller. Then yeah. you got to go smaller. But you, know? but, you but, go but, but more, you can be more interesting and smaller, right? It, this this is the power scaling thing we were talking about initially. It's like, yeah. it, it's you, they they could do something where like they have some Doctor Doom would be perfect, right? Earth Earthbound, pretty much. You know, but one. but a major menace. Kingpin. Well, Kingpin yeah. could definitely give them a run for their money. Even the one, Avengers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Save the souls of the heroes. I like that, right? Randy. And and we know that Daredevil's coming back and maybe Jessica Jones too. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Danny Rand. So Danny who? Yeah. Dan, yeah, exactly. Danny Rand. So <laughs> Yeah, there's a, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of places we can go from here, and I'm not hundred percent sure I know all of them. Right. Yeah. So all right, well let's let's go around, wrap this up. Let's give a final score of one through ten capes or giant ants, whichever you prefer. And our final thoughts. John, you can go first. Eh, I'll I'll give it seven ants. And you know, I'll keep the raid, you know, handy. But uh, yeah, just uh, you know, it it's 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 not the greatest writing, I, but but I over I, I that that's my thing. It's a very entertaining movie. I think people well people obviously like it on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, you know it's a it's a good start to the Phase Five. Like it introduces a lot of stuff, and we'll see where where it where it goes. All right, JD. I will also give it seven capes. All right, and like whatever. I mean, like. I like to think of this stuff as like school grades and like giving it a C sounds wrong, but I mean like, cause it's not bad, but like it's flawed and I don't think it's as good as the other two Ant-Man movies. So mm. I guess that's where my barometer goes with them. I'd like high con. There's a lot of cool high concept stuff going on here, but for me, a lot of the character stuff lacked and it wasn't all bad. Like I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I thought they did a really good job with her. I just, she did a really good, really good job with what they gave her. <laughs> well, I think that well, I, I don't think they gave her that little. I think you, I think you're actually underselling all that she does in this movie. I really believe mm. that she's a, I think she's a crux of this film. I also, same writers also doing King Dynasty. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I wish there's more. The, the my favorite moments in the movie are the human moments, and I think this movie lacked a lot of human moments. So hopefully that's something we can learn from. Ah, uh, well, I am going to give it a better score than you guys. I'm going to give it. Eight ants and half an uncle. Hot, hot, hot. Basically, agreeing with the the audience score on on Rotten Tomatoes. I actually like this one better than the second one. But you know, again, I I enjoyed it. I liked the father daughter dynamic in it. I liked the the action. It was it was a lot of action in this movie compared to the other Ant Man movies. So. It, you know, it kept my interest. I liked the time, not the timey whiny, but the like weird physics stuff with the possibilities or probabilities mm. in the in the engine and all that stuff. So I liked it. You know, I would Does definitely he, just see it again. Does anybody realize that we've just turned the quantum realm into basically just an like another realm, like Shang Chi or or like some of these other places? That's kind of, like that's what they are. You know, the, with the broccoli people. Yes, that's exactly what they did. Because the broccoli people were native to, to oh god, what was 
Kunlun, right? Yeah, that's Kunlun, the, right. That's where yeah. all the asparagus people came from. And they made an appearance in the quantum world. I don't really care all that much. Because, you know, I'll canteen <laughs> the scene at some point. You mean yeah. Young Avengers kill Kang, right, Marky Mark? That's from Randy. Um, <laughs> they, they do, or something, I forget. Yeah. So, yeah. Go see it. Yeah, go see it. I think we're all agreed. All yeah, right. Go see it. Let's wrap this one up. Let's go around. You got any recommendations, or did you learn something on the podcast this week? And JD, you can go. Not a damn thing did I learn this week on this show. <laughs> I learned that Dave's not doing a good job bringing new commercials on because I've seen that Zeller's commercial too many times. We need to get new material. All new right, commercials. Now I'm going to make this my own personal quest to hunt these things down. I don't know why nice. I'm talking. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Recommendations. I didn't do anything this week. I just coached wrestling. And I don't recommend that because for anybody else, because your stress level just goes through the roof. I'd recommend going to see Ant Man, forming your own opinion. Hmm. All right. Before you go, John, Mark says, Give me the Young Avengers movie ASAP, damn it. Yeah, I would like to see that too. That'd be I don't think you were on in the beginning. There's a rumor that Kevin Feige said that he has no plans to do the Young Avengers at this point. Bullshit. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> so I'm just about ready to wrap up my run through Patricia Briggs's Mercy Thompson series in books. So I'm going to recommend that right now because it's yeah. Urban fantasy and really good. She's an amazing writer and it, it's just, it's been a, a fun ride. Like I I've read maybe either a book, a book and a half up to almost, almost three books a week for, I don't know, like 14, 15 books. So I'm nearly, I'm nearly, I'm nearly caught up to what she's got out. And when she, when I'm done with that, I'm working on Stephen King's next because you, JD, said oh, it's so good. Yeah, fairy tale. Yeah, that's that's like next that. on my list. And I'm going to read that in the book form, not on my Kindle, because I want to read a book. Book. I I, um, I listened to the audio book, which I quite enjoy. But I, I definitely, when you finish that, I definitely want to talk about it on the show. Okay. Um, we got a book recommendation a few weeks ago, and I forget who pointed out, but I downloaded the Audible. I couldn't get through 15 minutes of it, man. It's like I, it's epic fantasy. I just don't think I'm an epic fantasy guy. Yeah. You know, there's a little, the language is a little too drawn out for me. I'm just not my wheelhouse. Well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll um, yeah. It, well, anyway, so yeah, Patricia Briggs, Mercy Thompson series, urban fantasy, really good writing. We will definitely, we will definitely talk about fairy tale when I finish with it. And, uh, and U- Ulysses, I haven't caught up to Eminence and Shadow the last episode yet. Too, too busy with all the other new anime. So, but <laughs> All Dave? right. Well, Dave? first off, I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week, links to all our social media at the top of the page, and comic book reviews by our good friend Kristen. Also, I will also recommend that, you know, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube right now, click that subscribe button. We're here every Sunday night to entertain you. And of course, the episode is left up on YouTube for you to watch at any time. If you're watching after the fact, please like and comment. It helps with the algorithm. And share. Share with your friends. Sharing is caring. In all honesty, though, I will also recommend that you go. And I know I'm, I'm late to the party on this, but go watch Wednesday. I really enjoyed the ending of it. I'm kind of excited to see a season two of this now. Hopefully Netflix doesn't cancel it before then. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. So There we go. Yeah, that, I, that might get a season three. That might be a, a three or for, for Netflix. Hopefully, 
they don't just decide to cut it off then. It really, really is worth it. That so, all right. So until next time, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape caught the door. Have a good week.